Welcome back to the Atlanta podcast. Some folks call us the ATL podcast. I am your host, Matt B. Davis, and we bring you episodes with the famous Atlanta famous, infamous, and just about anybody else I feel like talking to. And we're bringing these to you every Friday, but not today. Today you're getting it a day early because, well, I'm just so gosh darn excited to bring this one to you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've been following me on social and or the YouTubes, I've had uh, a few of these videos up already with one Kevin Kinney of Driving and Crying. And I I don't know how many times I say this in a year, but this could be my favorite episode ever. I honestly don't know how many times I say that. I mean, I, I, I might say one of my favorites, but right now this is straight to the top, straight to number one with a bullet. I'm uh, over here at a new place that I'm uh, I'm working at Pittsburgh Yards and wasn't sure exactly how it was going to go, so I was a little nervous because rooms, it's too long to explain about why and where rooms wouldn't have worked, but so I thought, well, we'll do it outside. It was just nice enough. You know, those overcast, wintry days, a little colder would have sucked. Uh, so we sat outside on the porch, and as soon as I met Kevin, he got out of the van. We were talking. We were joking about the Ramones and other fun stuff, and I knew it was going to be a great episode. And then, as you see, as you can see in your little dial there, the thing went two hours. And that's a good conversation, my friends. Ladies and gentlemen, most of the time, a nice, I like to cut it about an hour, hour 15, with most guests. Get in, get out. It's a nice, it's a nice good hour, you know, on a drive or a run or whatever. Uh, but with Kevin, we included some songs and uh, and it was great. So we're going to get to it here in a minute. I just want to say a couple of things. One, there's a couple of like uh, messing around with chords notes. And you might think, well, uh, Matt, we don't want to hear you fucking around with chords. But you know what? When he was talking, it was all so good that we kept it. So we kept it early on when I was fucking with chords. Usually you would not hear that amazing behind the scenes content. And then when we were when we were, I was setting up my camera, we started talking about I used to do stand up in L.A. And we were talking about that stuff. So that's all in there. And uh, I think we uh, I think we covered a lot, and you get to hear a couple songs, including from the new record, which you should 100% go out and buy. Support these artists that you love, buy their new shit, download their new shit, and go get to it. So let's get to me and Kevin, uh, a couple hours worth of probably my favorite episode ever. To date, away we go. I have something to say about all of that. All right, well, I... Do I have to hold this? Uh, I can give you the stand. You want to you use the little stand? I, maybe. I don't know. I'm not used to holding it. I'm not a lead singer. You're you're not a lead. <laughs> you're not a lead singer. Well, I only sing by default. If you're, anybody else in the band wants to play, wants to sing, I would let them. Is that is that really how you think about it? Yes. Like, I mean, I think I have the the uh, the worst voice in the band. Well, it's it's interesting that you say that because I was actually thinking it's like a Jimmy Dale Gilmore or something. You love it or you hate it. Well, I was I was I was I actually rewatched that documentary that Van Hessler made. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, by the way, he just took his hat off. I feel like I'm seeing, like, the wizard now. This is a whole <laughs> new thing. And and you started off talking to the... You were actually in the morning radio guys, and you were talking about how... Oh. Well, usually you did in the old... Like, I would be, like... I have this painting called It's 5 a.m. I gotta get up and talk about myself. Right. Uh, pull it... Pull, oh, no, it's, it's 5 a.m. Pull the van over. I have to talk about myself. Right. And so like you're standing in a you know you you're standing in a payphone and fucking oh sorry can you swear on this you can podcast? definitely swear on this podcast I won't do it just I won't do I only do it if if I accidentally do it but anyway the point was but, is that you were talking you were talking about well, usually it's like it's like hey it's gonna come we're gonna come because this is Richmond Virginia's rock and roll station hey we got Kevin Kinney on the line hey Kevin how you doing I'm doing pretty good man all right well that was Kevin Kinney on the line <laughs> uh, driving the car playing snookers with a Z. 
Nice job. But the point you know, was, you said something about how you look and your teeth and your singing, and I thought some of my favorite singers. Anything about my teeth? You no. did? No, you did on that on that thing. You no, talk, I know. But anyway, but I thought no, at least likely to. Right. But I thought about at least likely to. <laughs> I thought about like you and Elvis Costello and Joey. Right. These are my favorite singers who can't quote unquote sing. Right. So well, is that always the sort of the vein you thought you were in as those guys? I the I, well I drifted towards them as a comfort zone definitely you know I definitely uh, don't I uh, yeah I mean but even weird you know like Gordon Gano you know I, I love is. Gordon Violet Femmes oh okay you know we grew up in the same town together you know I hope you, know, you know this Reed. will go on your permanent record yeah. so Gordon is a uh, he has a unique voice. Um, you know, Michael Stipe does not have that unique of a voice. I mean, it's very unique, but it's very soothing. Nobody says, "Oh, that's a weird voice." Yeah, Stipe's he interesting has a really though. Beautiful voice. Oh he's yeah, like Caruso or something. Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of amazing. So we're yeah. gonna go all over the place. I have many thoughts and ideas. I told okay. you that I grew up in a time when you guys were top of the pops, as it were. Okay. But the thing that I actually thought about going back and watching that little documentary is, it's almost like we had a moment that nobody kind of really talks about. Like everybody talked about the Seattle scene, right? And we know Atlanta is known for hip hop, but if you look right. at the moment that was you guys and the satellites and REM, right? We kind of had a moment that like REM yeah. obviously surpassed everybody. Right. But and the he, Black Crows right, well, they so, sold 7 million records. Well, that's in 1991. Right. So that's <laughs> what I'm saying lot. is that we kind of we kind of had a little moment there. I mean, Hippie Hippie Shake was huge. What was and take keep your hands to yourself was right. huge. This was all 90, 91, 92, right? Well, it's a, you know, I mean, part of my, our frustration in that era was that, you know, we were, we were on Island Records, okay? And we were happy to be on Island Records, but they didn't really know we existed. But that it's it was in New York as it is, you know. I don't know what it's like now, but it's a New York. It was a New York centric. Uh, if you were big in New York, which we weren't, the Black Crows <laughs> did well in New York. REM did REM was Critic Darlings early on. Like right, they were Peppermint Lounge. They were huge early on. So. They were critics, darlings. We never really worked our way into the New York scene at all, and we weren't really. And they kept freaking labeling us as an as a southern rock band, which we weren't. You know, I mean, eventually we kind of gave up and we're like, fine. And we toured with Skinner because nobody else would take us out. <laughs> but and they were the only ones asking, so we we're like, all right, fuck it. But um, yeah, it was you know, uh, it was it was Atlanta it definitely had a scene going there. Um, you know, it wasn't. You know, I I lived in. You know, my father lived in Seattle, so I was there for the. My father turned me on the Nirvana and things like that. You know, he's like, and and um, you know, uh, so I kind of saw that scene building early on. Right. You know, so it, um, they were a lot more. It was a lot easier to to. They were all kind of playing the same kind of music. Like there was all. You know, it was well, not really, but it was the the dirgy grungy kind of thing was kind of. You know, kind of, you could see it growing. Whereas Atlanta was a little bit like us in the saddle. I don't know. I guess we were kind of alike, but I don't know. I don't really, I don't never really think the the real scene was later. I think like the punk rock scene here now is actually pretty pretty cohesive. You know, the 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 five two nine Earl crowd. You know, right. the all that stuff. Gigi King and all that stuff. I think. I don't know. It might be more of a scene, but it's, it, I don't know. We're not in a. We're not. Atlanta has always been like. 
you know, kind of off the radar of the New York press. So right. you can well, I think, suffer that, right. that consequence. Well, one of the first things you see said in that, in that, in that movie was, um, we got everything we deserved, fame and not fame, fortune and not fortune. What did you mean by that? Uh, I, well, well, I think that was part of the be careful what you ask for part, you know. Uh, um, yeah, I guess we got local fame, you know. Uh what did I, I don't know. Did it? What did that mean? I don't know. Well, it was uh, sounded good at the time. Well, you know you, what you want when you start when you start when you make your first poster to get people to come to your show. You really want them to come to your show, and then you get fourteen people, and then they bring twenty eight, and then finally you get like three hundred people at your show. And it's really a big deal. You sold out your sold out your first show or whatever, and then it's like and then there's people pushing you eventually like. To to you know you could be bigger than this and you could do more than that and okay cool and then then and, and everybody in the band is like you know wants to get on a major record deal but you know um, you know I you know I didn't really like being I didn't like being famous for that one song like I wanted that, what REM had where they had that collection of people and they had people liked REM that like, well like finally people like that are like that now for us like we. We don't have thousands of thousands of people come see us, but you know when we play somewhere, there's 300 people in the room. They're all there just to hear the catalog. You know, they're not they're not here just for the one song. For years, we did when the Fly Me Crazy became a huge hit. I mean, we'd spent six fucking years traveling in a brown van, not even with a trailer, all the gear packed in. We're driving around. I mean, we're on Island Records. Where, you know, we did the first three albums on Island Records were driving around in a van, driving to Seattle and back, driving to, you know, San Francisco and back, and driving to, you know, we're doing anything anybody says, we're saying yes to everything. So we do everything we can possibly do. Then we get to the point where, you know, we have a hit, you know, um, and it's Fly Me Courageous was like the big MTV hit or whatever, you know. And now you're playing to 3,000 people and they just want to hear Fly Me Courageous. And now you have to kill time because you, they love your first song or maybe your first and second song. But when you start doing Bring Home the Bacon or you start doing Deep Cuts from Scarborough Smarter, they're just like going to get a drink. They're just waiting for the hit. And then you're like, and then it's so now you're just kind of pissed off at everybody. <laughs> but I feel like, like, but I feel like if they got turned on by Fly Me Courageous, they would go back to the, the previous record, which... Start to finish is a great record. Well, I mean, start. If, I mean, you're asking them to watch it on MTV and then come see you Friday. Right. Well, no, I guess that they're not really. They're not really like. Hey, I mean, I would, and you right. probably would, right? You know, but most people are just like, let's go hear that song. And I, you know, I should have tailored. I should have been more prepared for, like, let's just do forty. Let's just do an hour. But I was like, let's do our, you know, I, I was, I made a mistake of trying to do like two hour shows thinking that they would really appreciate that. Right. Whereas I probably should have left it at 60 minutes, play the hit, run Get out away, of there. do an encore and come back and play exactly 75, 90 minutes tops. But I was trying to educate them on like, look how different we are. And they're just like, we don't care how different you are. <laughs> play the song we want to hear. And, and then we suffered that with Straight to Hell for a while where, you know, even to this day, we, we have to play it. Um, so we put it in the middle of the set now. We don't close with it anymore. We just play it. 
you know, and if you want to go, go. You know, I don't care. It's like we used to keep him there as a carry, you know. Right. I do fly with Courageous Second now. I play straight to hell in the middle. And then if you want to go, go. And, and not a lot of people do. A lot of people stay for the catalog now that they've had time to, to listen to it, you know. Well, I'm glad you brought up Straight to Hell because – it is this song that I think I read a quote. Someone said that whether it's a biker or a straight man or whatever, everyone thinks it's about them, right? And I got to say that everyone loves to yell, I'm going straight to hell, really drunk and loud at the end of the night. But right. listening to the song as an adult and a parent, I'm saying it's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Like I like I could cry. Yeah. It's a there's there Todd Snyder does a really beautiful version of it. If you ever heard Todd Snyder's version, Mm-mm. he does one we went with the Great American um, Bubble Factory. Uh, the uh, what's it called? Uh, hardworking Americans, <laughs> hardworking American factory. Uh, yeah. Um, well, thank you. I mean, it is a touching song, and it is not about it. It started off about that. Like it started off. The chorus definitely had that vibe because it. When we started doing it, when I wrote it, well, we used to do it just for like sound check and for fun, you know, before we had words to it. And it really was like, I kicked my dog out of bed, you know, I rolled over, I was hung over, you know, the cigarette butts, you know, there's old burrito wrappers in bed, you know, I'm going straight to hell, you know, trying to get to work, you get fired. It was kind of all about that. And then the producer, um, this guy, Scott, who worked with Dwight Yoke, Scott McPherson, was like, you know, you, he goes, you know what, man, you should really write, that could be a, that's a really good, hook you should maybe try to put a story in there so i went back and i kind of wrote about um at the time my sister was living alone with my mom and it was not quite the same story but my mom was dating she was dating you know all five kids were out of the house my parents were divorced so i kind of and that you know it was kind of a latchkey kid uh, if I don't remember the remember latchkey kids i was called them yeah. yeah my parents well, you, worked so. yeah your parents worked and you're like in and so it was kind of uh I kind of wrote it about that, but it's it's also and then there's also a good dose of Romeo and Juliet in there, which was a really influential movie on me because I, I think our sixth grade or seventh grade class went to see it in the theater, you know, and was like, you know, boobs and everything, right? Uh, But it's a, you know, that's a if you don't. If you if you if you didn't really ever know what Romeo and Juliet was until you actually saw it, you know, it was a really beautiful, like heartbreaking story, uh, you know. So but there, I, I always I there, I have Romeo and Juliet running through a, a you know a lot of different things, you know, because it's, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a um, it's kind of an um, you know it goes with politics and things like like people you know. You can't date him because he's a Montague or whatever. It's like it's like I, I have I have things like that where I have people work with us, you know, who are like Republicans and then people who aren't, and then like try to like what should I just you know I I um you know I, I want to listen to all sides. And right. I, I don't want to exclude anybody. Like oh you know I don't want to be like oh you can't work for us because you're that. Right. You know just don't talk to me about it. Right, <laughs> too much. But but I also but, you, know, you know you 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 talk about like that song. It's like to me, honeysuckle blue is a bigger song than that one. That seems like the one you would either be more sick of or worry about playing. Like where where is that in the set? 
Honeysuckle Blue is last now because Jason Isabel covered it and right. more people know it. Right. So we end with that one now. Eric Van Hessler, we used to open with it. He hated it. He was like, why do you use open with Honeysuckle Blue? That's like your big hit. It really is. But it's like, all, but sometimes. I'm sometimes, like, I don't know. But sometimes that happens. You go to a show and you're like, holy fuck, they're playing it first. And you kind of right. lose your mind because right. it just rips well, you out of your I seat. Fly Me now. I used to wait to do Fly Me last. Right. Now I do it first. But again, I just, again, maybe it's all about what your personal experience is with the song. But again, when I was young, that one certainly. I mean, right. to me, that one's the bigger one. Like again, straight to hell is this kind of like if you if you if you're not stopping to think. Right. But like I said, now that I'm thinking about it, at like again, thinking of my own kids, and it's like right. you know, seventh one in seven days is like that could fuck a kid up, dude. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's out there. <laughs> you know, people people put their people sometimes put their. I mean, my mom did not do that, but I mean, but the, the, yeah, there's there, some people put their put their happiness in front of their children's happiness sometimes but sometimes they're just doing the best they can too right seven is a lot (laughs) (laughs) five you know five's acceptable yeah you know i'd say two (laughs) i'm thinking two in seven days maybe i'm thinking one every one once a month i'm thinking but you know who wants to see their mom date you know yeah, sir. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, so when when that did happen for the Crows, um, how much of you like, I don't know how close I mean, how close you were with those guys, but but how much of you was like, well, for fuck's sake, well, we stole their drummer. You did steal so their drummer. We, so that we, was your big always, get back. Were, no, it wasn't our get. They was it was their get back. No. Um, yeah. When our drummer, Paul, uh, left the band or whatever, whatever happened. Uh <laughs> Anywho, we got Jeff, and and I didn't recruit Jeff just for the record. That was Tim that recruited Jeff. He goes, "Yeah, I got Jeff Sullivan from Mr. Crow's Garden." I said, "Is he filling in, or is he what's okay?" I don't know. I'm not in charge of hiring usually. Um, what are you in charge of? I don't know, just showing up. <laughs> I show up. I do. I show up and I play really as best I can. I leave them with leave them. It, it's sweet that you're a very humble guy, but I know people have to have to come up to you and give you like these long stories of how much you changed their life. Are you someone who can like take that in, or are you just like? Well, yeah, I mean, I appreciate it. You know, I you know, um, yeah, I mean, I appreciate it. I mean, I you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's it you know, uh, it, it's not that unusual though because I mean. I'm just I'm you know I'm not rewriting anything or I'm not creating like heart I mean I'm not creating dissonant art you know I'm just kind of doing normal singing songs about normal people and normal things so obviously it's going to click on a lot of levels for a lot of people like the innocent or around the block again or a lot of Detroit's any of any of my songs are pretty easy to relate with it they're not I'm not really challenging you know I can do that <laughs> later in my life when I stop touring you know like I'm friend you know like like I could do a art like synth art kind of thing and you know I would really enjoy it and you know I think I could go down some holes that you know, it wouldn't. You know, it probably would be hard to listen to, and I would challenge you as a listener. And uh, you know, maybe not though. I don't think there's anything left to really be that challenging about. But um, yeah, I mean, so I, I guess, I guess, so, I guess, you know, I, I mean, I have some veterans and things like that. Uh, people that it makes me uncomfortable. You know, I, I don't know how to th- thank them for thanking me so much, and they're like, and I don't want them. To, you know, I got a veteran the other night who was like, I grew up in Tacoma, Georgia, and I had an abusive father, and it was like, you know, 
he's hit me with barbed wire. Oh my god! And and, um, and I did two. I was in Iraq. I was in Grenada. I was in Afghanistan. You know, I you know I'm a veteran, and he was you know he has, he had he had um he had he was a little bit broken up and torn up a little bit. He's just like, man, you got your songs got me through all that. That's hard, man. Go, go. and I'm like, man, you know. First of all, thank you. Right. But uh, well, I'm glad. You know, I'm glad I could. Yeah. I don't know what to say. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's very heavy. But yeah, dude, there are I, people who have similar, similar. Uh, you know, their lives have run parallel with a lot of our songs, and they change lanes in and out of them. You know, so. Right. Well, Is that me? No. How do you think your your buddy Michael Stipe feels then? I wouldn't know what it would be like. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, Chris Robinson too. I mean, he's so famous. I don't know what it would be like I, to be in public. Like, what? How do they go to the store? <laughs> <laughs> really? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't have to worry about that. I'm very incognito. My face isn't on any of our records. I don't put my face. I put what uh, McDougal Blues was the only one I put my face on, and um, I'm very much would love it if there if. TV never existed. I'd rather just make sounds. You know, I really don't care about. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm not. You know, but um, I would hate that. I would absolutely hate that. To be you, man. Michael pulls it off really well. You know, I live with New York, and I ran into Michael quite a bit. We had a lot of. The, well, of course, we have a lot of the same friends, but he's really great at it. It, like not signing an autograph or something, but he's like, I don't, I don't do that. But he like will say, I don't really do that anymore or whatever. But he doesn't, so he doesn't, you know, feel like you're an idiot for asking. Right. He's, it's he's a really, 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 he's really good at being a lead singer, and so is Chris Robinson. Like they're really good at it. Like I'm not a lead singer. I'm a, I'm a songwriter that sings by default. You know, <laughs> if our drummer, if we ever had a drummer that was like, saying like. I don't know. I don't like. I don't know who was a great singer, but you know, like Chris Cornell or something. I don't know. I would have been like, you, "Why don't you sing?" Don Henley. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Don Henley. <laughs> yeah, first singing drummer I thought of. Yeah, there you go. First singing drummer you thought of, right? Dave Clark. Dave Clark Five. There you go. But um, so I don't know. Was that the question? But anyway, I forgot what we. I forgot what we started. Well, we started with Honeysuckle Blues. Well, no, and I, but then I also started saying, like, when that did happen for them, and it, it felt like you guys got, quote-unquote, passed over, was it hard not to just go, like, well, shit, we're kind of doing that? I think we felt we'd done a lot of traveling, and we'd kind of, you know, we got passed over when the uh, crows got big or yes. the other people got big. Uh, we did, yeah, af- absolutely. At the time, we were like, "What the hell, man? We've been doing this." And but you know, one of the mistakes you make in music is like, just because you're put in the legwork doesn't mean you get rewarded. You know, like you know, people aren't people want to hear the song that makes them happy. That's it. or the song that makes them sad. Or song that yeah that makes them it connects with them. You know, and if you're connecting, you're connecting. If you're not connecting, straight to hell. You know, maybe if that song was. Maybe different version of it, or maybe it was uh, maybe it was pushed a little bit harder, or maybe it was back in the. But it was Island really didn't know what to do with us. They were very they had they had Island they had you know back then they had very limited uh, scope. They had U two, so who's going to be bigger than U two? So right, these guys are the next U two. It's like no, no one's the next U two. Right. Okay, so you kind of got that ceiling that you're never going to break through. 
And they're like, it doesn't matter because U2 just put out another 45 and it sold, you know, a zillion. Right. So you're never really going to impress anybody. So, you know, um, you know, uh, what was the question again? <laughs> what were we talking about? If you felt, if, if you watched them sort of oh, pass you by. Um, well, I think at the time we kind of were, you know, um, feeling like that. But what we, what we were really jealous with, with was the record company. Like who were they? Who were they with? I don't even remember. Well, they were they were Deaf American. They were like one of the earlier releases for Deaf American. So they had they had the great producer. They had Ruben. They had Rick Ruben. Oh, well, there you they go. They had the power. They had the power move. They had a whole label basically dedicated to to um, flipping the world, revolution. You know, they were like the upside down flag. They were like you know they were just they were all rock and roll. They were fucking rock. And then you had a band that you know. Like from Mr. Crow's Garden to the Black Crow's first album, they instead of them getting in a van and traveling all over like we did and trying to piecemeal one fan at a time, they kind of stayed home and like practiced and came up with this thing. They were amiable to suggestions and being and, and working with their producers, which we were like, we don't do that, you know, we're t- we're we're awesome, <laughs> you know, we weren't really. Uh, 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 we weren't really open to people suggesting too many things about us, you know, because um, we were thought we were like the next REM-ish kind of thing. And so, Mike, they don't do that, so why should we do that? Oh, okay. But we're not. And when you look back, you go, that was, you know, like I did, you know, you know, the only thing I could tell young bands is look at what I've done. And then do don't the do that. Opposite. Do the exact opposite. But the Black Crows, you know, they waited. They made a great product, and then all of a sudden, they had like this great. Um, they had this really great um, world behind them. Like it, they weren't just a band on the label that has Bob Marley and U2 and Tone Loke and Melissa Etheridge and Anthrax and Robert Palmer and you know, I mean, Island is like. You know they have so many. We this little band from Georgia that was trying to do something weird. You know, open open the album with a fiddle, and then try to put. You know, it was, it was totally. Did you really do that as like an fu to them, or you just thought this no, is the right way just, for us to open like, the record? It was, it was, for me, it was like a mystery. Mystery. I thought people would read into it more. Like, it's, isn't it a mystery? I don't. Terrible idea. Should open it with High Cycle Blue. That, that might have kept them around. I kept it around. This is the first mention going. of Tone Loke on this podcast, by the way. Really? No one has mentioned Tone Loke, I don't he believe, to do. He was well, you huge. Know, when we were when we were on I know when Fly Me Crazy, even when Fly Me Crazy was doing good, if you look at Rolling Stone magazine or anywhere, you'll see ads for Melissa Etridge, Tone Loke, and even Anthrax. You won't find you'll never see an ad for for Driver Crying. Almost we were almost they were almost That sounds like it, it almost irritated them that it was a hit. Check this out. <laughs> Everybody's doing the get back together oldies reunion tours, right? right? Like we're old enough now that like it's funny because all these tours are happening. And I remember when I was in high school, it was the Temps and the Tops would tour together. It's like, yeah, right. So now and they were and they were an oldies act, and they were only like forty, right? Exactly. Um, know, but we should do the island, right? The island fifty reunion tour, right, and can, it's you, and it's Tone Loke, and it's Melissa Yeah, you, you know two won't show up, but get the, all those other artists. Yeah, and you know what we you know, and Anthrax. Did you know when our slot would be? Opening? One thirty. Yeah. <laughs> no, do, you, do you know when doors were? Two. <laughs> I think you might. That would be, I think they'd put Tone Loke first. I think that put, they'd put Tone Loke first, maybe. I don't maybe. think so. 
I think Tonuk is bigger than us. Way bigger. He sold more Medina. He sold more records. Now, if I if we go to Portland right now, okay. we have an outdoor festival. It's Tone Loke on one stage and Driver Crack. Yeah, they're going to see him. Yeah, they're you're right. See, they're going to see. Completely. Well, they, they have, but he has a hip factor too. You guys aren't very cool. We're not very cool, right? I that was know. that's part of your problem too. Would you a hundred percent sell out today? Like, are you at the point where you're old enough that if somebody came to you and said, "Listen, this we just need something for this, you know, Apple commercial or beer commercial," you would just ah, fuck it. Let me just oh, write your song. Absolutely. I don't know. It's, everything's everything's pop art at that point, you know. Everything's Warhol eventually, you know. So, but remember when that kind of meant something? Like I remember the first like time selling out. Yeah. So like, what? Like I thought, man, if I ever see Bruce on a car commercial, it's over. You know what I mean? But now oh, yeah. that's how well, people kind of come see, out. I mean, I was I, I saw Springsteen in like '75. You know, when I was a kid. Wow. I saw the Born to Run tour, and uh, uh. I never thought you'd see him on TV. I thought you'll never see him on TV because he wouldn't do TV. Right. He wouldn't do the Tonight Show, or he would never do videos. I mean, that that Dancing in the Dark was like that's your first video, really. This is ter- you're dancing. You you were not right. I was like, that's really. I remember. I was like, oh, talking about jumping the shark. I remember but, Budweiser used a Ramon song for a commercial, and I couldn't. No. Be- and I couldn't believe it. This, no, no this, they do. No, but this was '95, maybe or something. Man, were they still touring in '95? I feel like they never stopped until they were all they all dropped off the face right. of the earth. But yeah, well, that would be rare. But yeah, they were they definitely, you know, their their estates have been selling. There, you know, I remember when Johnny first got a million dollar. Like I remember, like when they he they finally saved up like a million dollar. They finally like all over all the years they toured. I mean. They they toured in that van like that van I got that's fifteen passenger van and they never had a tour bus they really saved their money made a lot of money on merch <clears throat> and things like that but it was one gig at a time it's one ten thousand dollar gig at a time you know and they never made it on the radio that really frustrated them that like even when grunge hit like there was no space there was like what there's no space for me there was like they were really really frustrated about that um, and yeah because it's you times. 10, right? Yeah. Because they've been touring literally the whole time. Now... Yeah, they're selling a thousand seats a night. So there's people coming, but there's like, why... why? But you're, they're so unique, it doesn't fit in. Like, it's so... I don't know. You still don't hear the Ramones on on 97 Rock or whatever, 96 Rock. Or, you don't hear them at all, ever. You don't even hear them on, like, on Elm 88. Very rare do you hear the Ramones on the radio. It's so... I don't know what it is about them. They're so specific... Uh, yeah, but I feel like had they come around at a later time, all that you could f- buy all that shit online. Now you'd have to wait for them to come to your town to buy a shirt, right? right so yeah. now I'm sure they probably sell more because it's really cool to have well, a own shirt. Well, their estates have flooded them out like crazy. <laughs> like, like, but you know, Joey's brother's running Joey's thing. You know, Joey, Johnny's wife is running Johnny's thing. I mean, and they're just saying yes. I mean, they're like, do you want a million dollars to you know do a Taco Bell commercial? Yes. Right. I mean, whereas before, well, Johnny probably would have done Taco Bell because he loved Taco Bell, but uh, or Cracker Barrel. But um, yeah, you know. So I mean, their estates are doing well. They're real, they're all they're all millionaires now. Speaking of trying experimental <laughs> things, we were such big Ramones fans. We bought the DD King. You remember that record? Oh sure. I mean, pretty horrible. It's, pretty pretty hard to get through. Well, you know, I'm going to challenge anybody who says that they like avant garde to listen to the DD King record. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, it's a challenge. He sounded almost. I remember it's a challenge. He was kind of like it was like Monster Mash, right? He's like I'm the baddest rapper in Whitestone, Queens, yeah. right? Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it's, it's definitely its own category of art. 
you know, it's almost like you know, uh, like uh, uh, Willis Willis uh, Willis Willis Allen Ram or who is that? Uh, who's the guy that they kind of taken off of now? Uh, Wesley Willis. I don't know who that is. Yeah, Wesley Willis is yeah. Uh, it's kind of bad. Good. For, it's good for being bad, but good for Dee Dee. Just he fucking went for it. He went for it. They gave him how much? Do you think they just said, "They give me twenty grand. I'll go. I'll record it this weekend." Probably, yeah, that's probably pretty close. Like, 20, listen, I've earned. We've 10. earned. We've done thirty years of records for you guys on Sire or whatever it was. Was it on Sire? A reprise. We could Google it. I'm sure. I and figure really it don't out. know. Pretty terrible record. I'm just so it's happy that him. I'm just so happy that you're like the other guy besides me, and my friend Adam, that owned that record. Oh sure, absolutely. Love it. Oh, you were saying you wanted me to open this. Uh, you really wanted me to open this. Well, you don't have to, but there is a little. Well, here, yeah. Let's so let's do it. Just keep talking while I while I do it. Do you need to open it with a guitar pick? Well, I mean, I, I, I that must be the way to do it, right? That's how. That's where they invented guitar picks to open records. Okay. So just right down the yeah, middle. Yeah, you'll see. It's amazing. Yeah, look at that. It's just trick. Bam! How easy was that? Well, it's not done yet, so it wasn't oh. that easy. Well, maybe. Uh, I mean, am I doing the wrong side? No, you're doing the right one. <laughs> you can't just point and click now. <laughs> I'm failing. This is a physical activity. I'm failing the... Oh, there we go. There we go. Now I can keep the plastic on it, right? Yeah. All right, so... Is there an insert? There should be an insert. I really hope there's an insert. Yeah. So this insert here, you can't see this on the radio, but (laughs) it's based on a fanzine that I did when I was uh, young. And it's like I I did I had a one sheet thing like that. It was called the sheet, and it was an underground fanzine. I made it in the seventies, seventy seven, and um, and what you I do, and then I put like fold here. So I, and then I would like go see a show. I would go see a show, and I'd go home and write about it, and then I would, and then on my way to school, I'd like put print it out on my grandpa's printing right. press. We'll do this so we remember to insert it later. I'm going to do that. And, and then, then uh, it'll remind me that I want to do a little insert shot. And then, uh, and then I would fold. And then I would fold. I would stick it in the window of the record store so people would could look at. You know, it's so you know, it's just kind of like that fanzine era. You know, right. the, the is, late '70s right. fanzine and era. And this is why they'll always be the hardcore, like you know, vinyl fans because this is part of the experience, right? Like yeah. staring and staring and staring, right? And reading and reading and reading, like you've read it a million right. times, but you might just, right? You might just read something different. In an album or a lyric that you didn't notice before, yeah. Well, that, that's not the lyric sheet. That's just right. played on it. But, but I'm just yeah. explaining the whole concept of of you know yeah, of the that. um the experience of it is. That, but I will tell you that I'm I I am encouraging people to go out and spend a little bit of money. Okay, you got a nice car. You're spending what what is rent now? Fifteen hundred dollars for the shittiest apartment, right? Correct. Buy yourself a. Real fucking turntable people, right? I don't want to do people collecting my fucking shit and then playing it on a Crosley. Okay? I don't even know what a Crosley is. See, good for you. I don't even know what a Crosley anyway, is. Yeah, buy a nice turntable for your house. If you're going to listen to vinyl, it's not the point of it is that it's got a really nice round sound to it. But you have to have a good record player. All right, so, so I, I've listened to a few of these because the uh, if you're buying the if you, the Taylor Swift and the Adele uh, has clogged up all of our record uh, pressing plants. With these things, so little girls could have right. records, and they don't know how to listen to them. So Co- correct. Do your daughter a favor, if, unless you hate your children. Get them a good turntable. I, I hate my children part of the time. Do you really? Part of the time. I, 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 do you have two? How many do you have? I have two. Two a boy and a girl. There, but they're in their thirties. Right. And then but, five granddaughters. Yeah. Okay. Um, was there a time? Because I, I definitely do not love my kids all the time. Well, there's there are moments. There are moments. You're challenged when you're <laughs> like. 
You kids, there, there's a little point in there where kids are just liars. Yes. And they're just lying. And they like, li- and you do your homework. It's like, yeah, okay. And then, and then it was a transition between when people used to grade papers and then like write it down, or then they just kind of submitted it into a computer so that your grades were like they couldn't do anything. Like your teacher really wasn't generating your grades, it was like data. It's like if you didn't do your homework, it was like you just got a zero there. Right. And then at the end of the year, you know, even if you handed in late, you still got the zero. Right. And then, you know, so then you're getting a D and everything. I was always worried because. So I thought you said you made that. I, I hated school. You and little fucking liar. <laughs> I hated school so much and couldn't wait to be done with it that I was worried that when I had kids. I was like, well, what am I going to say to them? Because I can't say, I think this is really important or right. this is going to be the path of your life. Because I didn't right. believe that. My parents were like, do good in school. Don't make right. way. All that stuff. So then I realized, like, okay, I could just tell them, like, you know, do whatever represents the best of you. Right? Like, right. at least do that. Right. And whether you continue in school or not is, is important. Right. But but um, it's uh, it's all quite different now. I think the the... The what I told my granddaughter Olivia was she's in a senior next year. I was like, this is the only my only advice to you is that math is a puzzle. If you skip like anything else, if you if you if you forget where Rhode Island is, I can teach you that later. Right. However, stay on top of the math because once you get behind in math, you and you're missing pieces to the puzzle, then you'll never catch up. So if you have to do one thing in school. That is really, really important. Math. I'm going to send like, this to people. This is like math. Kevin Kinney's like, PSA. And then the for parents have. To, I had to buy a book when when my when Olivia was in third grade, fourth grade, about core math. I had to learn core yeah, math. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Like, what the? So it's basically like abacus math. It's going back. It's like it's. So you have to. So to be a good parent, I think it's you know you have to you know really really be aware of how hard it is to. <laughs> To be a kid, because you got all these distractions, and then you're like, you know, they're reinventing math. Yeah, you I don't really have to stay on top of it. And you know, I mean, from 1920 to 1980, I think everybody could adding, subtracting, moving, whatever. And then all of a sudden, they come up with core math and they reinvent math. It was way after was, 1980. Did you know how to do? Did you know how to do core math? No. When my, and I and I my son my son when he shows me how they did it, I just do it my way in five seconds and say right. you should just do it this way. Right. She's like, but if you don't, then they get mad then, at you. Then you get yeah you, right because you, you can't just give them the answer. You but I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about this. So I've heard a few of the new uh, tracks, courtesy of your uh, fantastic um, guy that sent it to me, Steve. Yeah. Steve, uh, the great Steve. Um, and uh, I haven't heard this innocent deconstructed. Why, uh, why redo a song now? Why do that one? Oh well, that one I I did redid a couple songs on there. I did Scott Butterflies from our first album too. Right, right. And that one just I mean I'll redo I'll redo songs like I've redo stuff all the time. Um, but that one is a totally different version. It, did you hear it? Should we play it now? Do you have it? it? Did you hear it? Um, we can go to. I don't know if you heard it. We, I mean, it's it's basically like. If you want, I, I, I said I, I said I wanted to pull up my phone. I'm sitting in front of the guy who actually sings it. Right, we uh, can have you sing it. But yeah, the, but the innocent. I, I have this tuned down a little bit. But the innocent is. I need a chair. <laughs> let me get wrap. Let me grab you a chair. I don't think we're gonna I start. Do quick, I don't think right. we're gonna start singing but other, this soon. Like, but that's the innocent, right? But when I was living in Brooklyn, me and I was living with uh, this uh, this um, Lydia Lunch is a uh, the. Uh, she was staying with us for a long time in uh, 
and uh, so I came up with a version. You know, it was kind of like a, it was, but it's like it's like a cocktail version. It's like. I want you to want me I want you to know What it is that I got here What I'm looking for So it's like that. So it's like a, it's like a jazz. What I try to do when I redo versions of songs is I try to accentuate the lyrics a little bit more. Sometimes I took a rock, like the innocent was a cool riff, and then I added words to it, you right. know. And then and but it didn't start off with the words. It didn't start with the message. It's it, the message came with the melody. And so when I deconstruct it, it's like I really want you to hear the the lyrics of it. So right. like that one uh, was one of the ones I just wanted. I had like a really cool, spooky kind of vibe on it. You right. Know, I wanted. So that one has Peter Buck on. Ebo guitar doing like this really psychedelic Ebo, and then my brother's playing the vibes on it. So right, it's, it's like David Lynch kind of. When you uh... and I wish I could have got Lydia to do, but it was during the pandemic. But she does a spoken word over one of the versions I have. I did made in New York with a saxophone that's really great. But I, yeah, I can figure that out. Maybe she could add some later. But you, you, you talked about the songs that you know, these songs that you have to play over and over. And you said in that movie that when you wrote Scarred But Smarter, you're like, oh, that's a song I could sing every night. Do you still feel that way about yeah. that song? Yeah. Why? Because it's just, you know, the end of the song. Like, you know, you know, it's just like, you know. Yeah. No, nobody said it would be fair. But in the end, I think it is. Karma, justice, whatever you call it, it's really there. Keep looking for it. And it was one of the ones that... that when I started doing Driving and Crying, you know, I'm very shy and I really don't like to look at the audience. But if I can bring myself to look at the audience while I sing something like that and connect with somebody, it's really powerful. It's powerful to them, it's powerful to me. It, it makes it really gets me worked up a little bit. But it's like sometimes people just really need to hear that. Like it's okay, it's okay and it's not the end of the world. Like there's karma or justice or whatever you want to call it. So that was one of the ones that I wrote, you know, because besides before that, you know, I had songs that were pointing out the wrongs of the world or, <laughs> you know what I mean? There was like, was a, the self-help element wasn't really there, you know, which I, I think what is what makes us, you know, um, it's what makes us uh, um, that's kind of special when people come see us and they're like, they don't really quite sure what, know what just happened or they're like, I really I like that more than I thought or I never liked you guys or... Uh, my friends always liked you, and I never. And then they come and they're like, "Oh, that was kind of cool," you know. You know. But but you, I can understand that shyness. But again, the people who see you now, right? You guys are going to do like Variety Playhouse at Christmas, like you do every year, or all right. all, all the local shows you do. Like those those like we know your catalog, man. We're from here. We know your catalog. Aren't they singing every song back to you? You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't look at the audience very much, and I definitely, like, I don't watch, I don't like to, you know, I don't like to watch people clap, so I usually turn around, like, at the end of a song, I'll turn around. I don't like to, I don't, uh... If the whole point of, of becoming a rock star is to, is to enjoy it, right? I mean, I'm I know... Not, I'm, not, I'm definitely not here to be a rock star. Right, but at one point in your life, I assumed you wanted ad- adulation. No, really. You know, um, me and Colonel Bruce used to talk about this, it was like, I think we really just... My favorite ven- thing is a 500-person venue that's sold out, where, like, it's 
the audience is part of the show. And that's like really Friday Playhouse, right? Is that a 500-person house? That's 1,000. Okay. That's, What's, that's almost a little too – but you got to understand, that's not us. That's a rare treat for us. Like where we play in D.C. or or Richmond or anything, it's three, 400 people a night. It's, and that is great for me. You know, that's, a, that's my comfort zone. Low stage. I don't like stages to be higher than this bench. Right, you know, like that's the ultimate high. If it's this high, I'm, even this is a little bit too high. You know, I like to be able to look at the look at somebody I'm singing to and and get in. So it's kind of a therapy session for me as well. You know, for for me to you know get my you know, no matter how bad I feel or if I can get up there, you know, um, and you know, but I'll, you know, it's it's really really healthy for me. You know, because I'm a bit. You know, I'm a bit, you know, um, you know, uh, I'm not bipolar, but, you know, I'm definitely, <laughs> you know, I definitely have bouts of wondering and wanderings and things that all people do. But once I get up there, what, what really works for Driver to Crying, and, and Tim Nielsen is probably one of the most important parts of this, and Dave Johnson, is that they have allowed me to not use a set list. Like, we never use a set list. Even the variety, the Fox we did last week, we didn't use a set list so that we were able to pivot and do what we want to do. Like, uh, in that moment, I'm going to be, something's going to hit me, you know, and I don't want to say it's like a spiritual thing or channeling, but there's definitely some sort of, you know, I mean, when people use the word God, you know, they, they we pray to God or whatever. You know, I've said this for the last 30 years. Is like, I think what people are confusing is God is like, you know, um, amalgamations of collective, like, good energies. Like, people put out good energy. Like, we're all full of energy. You're electrical, I'm electrical. We basically have energy. And you really only know that if you've traveled or you've been around bad energy. Mm. You know, there's such a thing as good energy because if you've been around bad energy. If you've ever been in a position where you've been around truly bad energy, um, it's it's very prevalent in in that moment like you know you're in a bad place like, i gotta get the fuck out of here you know this guy's this guy is dangerous this guy is a shitty person <laughs> you know or whatever and so i think it's about you know collecting all the good energy and things like that and i i feed off of that you know and i feed off bad energy I, and i will you know if i don't like where i if i don't like what's happening you know I'll, I'll mean I'll do a fuck you show or I'll you know I've done shows where I did two songs and ran and just was like there it is I did fly me and straight to hell you're like see you later bye <laughs> fuck you <laughs> you're like that's awesome well you you said do that again in, in the movie you talked about um, how you were you did some Rasta version that they got mad at you for I did, I did a Rasta version of straight to hell yeah they did not like that yeah he got really mad at me but then he came back like he, they, uh, when I said that. I think I said it for that movie, but that that guy has since come back. But that was me. I was like, "Oh, thank right. you." I'm gonna I'm gonna swap batteries on this thing. Okay, can we do that? Yeah. All right. Uh, when you said the Ramones getting paid ten get ten grand, is that all they got? Like if they did, if they did, no, they probably could go a hundred thousand. I mean, they could do Brazil probably. You know? No, when they did that, but I mean, when, when they, they do when they did probably what, they're probably making ten fifteen thousand maybe. Right. Still not a lot. Divided by four no. plus the sound well, guys plus. Do, and they bring. Yeah. I mean, I I'm just guessing, but. What was your opening? Did you, did you keep your opening oh, joke? On, these, these are like, I stopped stand-up like 10 years ago, so these are, none of the jokes didn't even make sense. But anyway, I moved to LA, and here's what's really funny, I went to like, the lifestyle, like, ooh, I'm gonna fucking be in late a lot, and all that stuff, I ended up getting so 
sober in LA. So, <laughs> God had other plans for me. Yeah. And then I found this like 10 years ago, and it turns out this is one of them. Yeah, so. I, I, I just recently discovered that. What's that? Just quit drinking a couple years ago. Yeah. Are you going to throw that thing or no? No, I don't. I don't. Whatever works, man. I just I just added it to my column of cocaine addiction and smoking. It's like I did my share. I'm done. I don't know. I don't. You know, when I tell people I quit drinking, people are like, "Why?" Like, like, like I guess serious people who cannot control their drinking. You know, like you know, people who are seriously in the program and stuff. I don't know if they take offense at me not drinking. Like, well, you should, you could do it. I mean, you don't have a problem. Like. Well, I mean, the fact that you don't think I have a problem—I mean, I've—I've—you've said—you've—you've you've sat right across from me for many, many, many nights where I've had almost a dozen shots, and you didn't even—I didn't even act drunk. Isn't that kind of a problem? Um, <laughs> I mean, listen, the fact that I, I'm not I, drunk. At I mean, the whole—the the whole thing—the whole thing about the program that's great is that if you talk to the right people, they're not saying you have to do it. It's a total like. We say attraction, not promotion, right? Like, cool. You want to be sober with us? Cool. You don't. You don't. It's like, right. so whatever works. I have friends who, who, you know, try stuff once in a while that I can't. I can't either. I wish I could. I wish I could just do a little cocaine. It would be awesome. Right. I can't. I, yeah. <laughs> so I'm really, I really into discipline. You know. I mean, I like to try to say, you know, I don't need. You know, I can do without. You know. Uh, you know. So so um, I was gonna. I was thought. I thought. I love to go see stand-up comedians. I really do. I love it because it's... I can't believe... Like, you know, go see... Uh, um, I, I love to go see uh, Todd Berry and things like that. Todd, Todd Berry. I like Todd. He's just, he's got, but I love the opening acts. Like, those poor guys. Like, <laughs> you get the guy against that 15-minute slot or 10-minute slot. What is a normal slot? 10? Well, opener About gets 10. 10. Middler gets 45. Oh, 30, 30, 30 to 45. Headliner gets an hour. Yeah, wow. All right, so you want to hear my friend's first question, my friend Eric's first question? Yeah. Uh, who wins in a knife fight, Tim or Chris Griffin? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, you know, the thing about fighting is uh, who can take it and who can hand it out. Tim could definitely win if it came to, like, get landing uh, knife fights, but Chris, you could probably stab Chris, like, 40 times. Like, not great. I don't care. So what? <laughs> so we were almost impossible to. It would be a draw because you know Tim would land twelve nicks, and then Chris would not. He would just be like, "I don't care. Whatever." All right. So that's a draw on that one. That's awesome. Another question before we get into the singing: uh, Who is who is on your uh, southern <laughs> southern songwriter or southern singer Mount Rushmore? So you only get four. Of these days? Of ever. No, of ever. Of ever? Yeah. With Joe South. Okay. Uh, uh, well, Michael Stipe. Okay, of course. He's the easy one. Yeah, he's the easy one. Southern Singers? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to add Elizabeth Cook under there. Okay. She's one of my favorites. Okay. She's the secret. A lot of people don't know who she is. She's... She's got a bunch of records, and she writes her own stuff. It's right. really great. If you don't know who she is, you should listen to her tonight. Would you, would you put Dan on there? Dan Baird, definitely. 
Yeah. <laughs> I love Dan. Yeah, it had to be Dan Baird. Yeah, Dan Baird, uh, Michael Stipe, uh, Joe South definitely has to be in there. He's just right. He was classic. Uh, you know, then I don't know. You, you, you know, you. I mean, get your, you know, James Brown and Otis. Those are like the Beatles. Yeah, though. yeah I can't like really say. Yeah, I was thinking. Bands we, do you like nobody ever says the Beatles because like you're, people take it for granted. <laughs> Except I did have some people work for me one time that hated the Beatles. It's, there's a did new, you fire them? There's a new generation of people out there that hate the Beatles. You know, people don't like the Beatles. Uh, can Everybody I? Likes the Beatles. I gotta tell you, we can't, I can't even address that. Can we talk about? Uh, I don't know if you've talked about it or tired of talking about it, but just the so the song REM was yes. was it just here? I, I think it'd be fun to sing like Michael for a minute, or I just want to sing about these friends of mine. Well, um, well there's there's been like songs about other, that people do about Andy Warhol, or you know, people do uh, songs about other musicians. Uh, uh, I can't really remember who they all were, but it's when, usually people who are dead. Though when REM broke up, I was like, I'm gonna do an REM tribute song. I just did it for me and my garage band, and then I, we were doing this record, and then we had one more song to do with Sadler, and I thought, you know what, man, I just think I'm gonna do the REM song. I said, but before we let's do it in a couple of days, but before you do it, like just go home and listen to nothing but REM for like two days. And they're like, okay, I don't really listen to REM, you know, and you know, or I haven't heard all the early stuff, like. Just kind of get their vibe, the the kudzu circuit vibe, and so, so yeah, we went in and then I was just, I just had fun with it. Like that's you know, music for me is fun, you know. Right. I like to do you know, um, I, I just like to, to create and you know make records like you know. So I don't have any limitations, and in including that, like if I want to do a fun song about REM, I do. So basically, it's a story of me listening to REM. Like, I'm with my jam box on me and listening to Reckoning in the morning. I just wanted to dialogue. It was just like a little prose I kind of put together in my head about the things that remind me of R.E.M. So I I turned it into, uh, into a song. And, uh, yeah, it was like, uh, it's, uh, you know, the, my favorite line in that song is, uh, and me and Lenny, Lenny K were talking about this last night because we he was like, you know, he's listening, he's cramming for this R.E.M. tribute we're doing next week, you know. Where? It's a forty watt. Oh, it's the Rich Robinson, Chris Robinson. Darius this sounds like Parker, something I should know about. Cat Power. Is it sold out already? Yeah, it sold out like five minutes. But it's streaming. It's streaming for uh, you can watch it online, uh, live. The live. There's a live stream coming from it because it's sold out so fast. It's M- like five m- minutes. Maybe maybe I can call your buddy Steve see if I can pull a favor. Would you we believe show, you want to hear for something? We show up at the back door. There might be a possibility. Could, yeah, but yeah. So I got to see Elvis Costello that way once. I could tell you that story later. But can I tell you that my first stand-up gig ever was at the Forty Watt? Oh really? Yeah. Opening for uh, David Cross? <laughs> no, I wish. He's my, the host. No, my buddy. Oh, perfect. He's the host. What a great show! My buddy actually put together a show of comedy and music, and he said, "Matt, I want you to do it." I'd never done stand-up, but I always been afraid. But he'd always wanted me to do it, so that was my first time ever on stage. Oh, really? it was That's kind of a cool story to have, right? Pretty cool, right? Were, were you open for Mitch Hedberg? Or? No, no, just my friends' bands. Like my my friends' oh, bands fine. played that night. So this is June of '95. That's tough. Um, That's tough. That's it, it went it, it went fine. Did it go well. Well, I think I've I've heard from a lot of other comics that even if only half the jokes work, you're like, oh my god, half the jokes worked, right? And so it it, it was enough to keep me going for ten years. So I love it. I have much kudos to you. It's so anyway, not easy to do. What was the line? So the interview, the, the interviewer on the radio asked me what I think of Southern rock and roll and where I fit. I said the biggest Southern rock band that I know is REM, the one I love. 
life and how to live it. R.E.M. R.E.M. Follow me and tell me, tell me where you've been. Because that's my favorite song, Follow Me. R.E.M. R.E.M. Power lines and floaters so airplanes don't get snagged. And it makes I like it because it makes everybody at REM uncomfortable. I don't like I was like, hey Mike, did you listen to it? Yeah. He did it with you when I saw you with the at, at Mike Mills did it with you the did other night. I say the other night it was like five years ago. You you guys did that one. I think, yeah, I think he, 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 he I think he jumped up with me. Yeah, that was great. So yeah, what's um, your what's your favorite REM era though? Because I had a debate with a guy about his favorite like three albums. Man, my well, I think my first love was uh, Reckoning. So I'd say Reckoning and then Life's Rich Pageant are two of my favorites. Right. And I think for for people my age, it's definitely those like basically like the first five, but you could say they're broken up to like, right. like three and three. Right. And like this guy, if he wants to say like out of time is like one of the best, I'm like, it's just, I'm sorry, it's not. I love it, but it's not. Yeah, I'm where you know us the early fans like the earlier stuff. You know, I have friends like Jesse Malin. You know, in New York, you know Jesse Malin is in New York. He's a great songwriter, and uh, like, he loves the last four REM records. That's like his favorite reveal and thing. Like he's like those are great records. And well, well, he's a DJ, and he just loves. He plays like Star Kitty and all that stuff. And I was like, oh. no, and like I can get excited about yeah. like what's the frequency, Kenneth, but not like the rest of that record. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like it. I like the early stuff. Yeah. I like the early stuff, too. Do you want to hear my... Oh, you can cut this part out. I will cut out nothing. Okay. That's the, I was, you are talking about stand-up. I, I was ever... Uh, I, I thought if I was ever going to stand-up, I had a stand-up joke. Okay. Do you want to hear my stand-up joke? I would love this to. I would open my show. I would love to. It probably be... No one would laugh. Okay. Tell me. Unless it's really racially inappropriate, I'm not going to cut it's it out. It's not racial or inappropriate. <laughs> okay. It does have to do with... So anyway, I would walk out. I'd say, hey, "Nice to meet you, everybody." You know, it's a, you know, I'm not. I just want you to know, I'm not. Like, see, immediately I would be throwing the other comedians under the bus, so right. people would hate me. Right. And when I got off stage, you tell me if I get off stage, the comedians would be like, "You suck." Okay, ready? Ready. This is my. This, this be my thing. So I'd say, uh, you know, I've watched. I've wanted to be a comedian for a lot of years, and that, you know, I watch a lot of comedy on things, and these comedians these days, it's like, it's like. You know, can I get a can I get a can I get a night without an airplane joke or a masturbation joke? I mean, right. Jesus Christ! I, I'm here to do something a little bit different. <laughs> so anyway, I'm jerking off on this airplane. <laughs> well, there you go. It's a good opener. Brilliant. Was that pretty good timing? It, it, it really was. Known. I mean, listen, all Not all terrible. all singer songwriters got to have a little bit in in them. Some are better than others. Are you a John West fan? John Wesley Harding? Of course. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I picked up John Wesley Hart. He stayed with me in Athens one time. He took a bath in my house. Luckily, I'd washed the bath. Interesting. Tub. He loves to take baths. And, uh, <laughs> well, he's English. I think they like the baths. Right. Uh, um, uh, so we're, I pick him up from the airport. We're doing something together. And then I drive him to Athens. And uh, I don't know what's happening. But he, he's like... He's like he's like reading like Longfellow or Chaucer to me or something right. like while we're driving. It's like a book's on tape, but it's live. It was the most amazing thing ever in my life. I was like, "All right." So he's, an- he's like pointing out verses like, and I don't know. I have to. I don't want to misquote what you know Longfellow or Chaucer or whatever. But just hearing him read it to me while I'm driving was like, "This is like 
it's an out of body experience. No one will it sounds believe like that this is happening. Okay, so here's my second idea. Can you rent this? Can you rent John Wesley? Okay, Harding? if we can't get the island tour, okay. <laughs> How about the singer-songwriter guys that only play for 300 people? You, John West, I can't think of somebody else, but like, I can't tell you a room that I've seen him in that wasn't like more than 50 people. But the people who appreciate him really fucking appreciate him, just like your fans. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a force. He's a force. He's a lot bigger and not, not here. You know, he's bigger in L.A. and New York. And oh, okay. Like I said, I've, I've seen him here. I saw him in Boston once or Vermont. We- Boston is a brutal. Boston, Philly... Brutal towns to get folk, folks. I don't know if it's that way to comedy or not, but it, it's a tough, it's a tough crowd. Right, but I'm saying if you're a John West fan, you didn't hear anything on the fucking radio. It's because your buddy goes, "I need right. you to hear this guy." Well, you know, it's funny that there's. I had this cab driver in New York, and he was definitely from the Middle East somewhere, <clears throat> and he was. Uh, and I had my guitar. You know, we were going. I was doing. I played every Monday night in New York. Uh, at this uh, place called the National Underground. I played with Anton Fear and Aaron Lee Tashin and Cap- Catherine Popper and all these people were... We had a... Every Monday, free. It was a free show. And it, it, what like, year is this? York, this is last, like, ten years ago. Okay. Did it for, like, five years. So anyway, I, I got my guitar. I'm in the, in, the, in, the, in the car, in the pickup car. And this guy, we're going over the Williamsburg Bridge, and he gets on the other side, and he starts talking about music, music that I like. He goes... So do you like music? Um, I like I like guitar singers as well. He's like, um, do you know Starbucks? Starbucks where Starbucks was. Oh, John Wesley Hart. There's a Starbucks where a Starbucks like, used to be. I was like, what are the what are the how costs? random? And this guy's playing like zig 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 music. Right in the car. And he's like talking about how great he thinks John Wesley Harding is. It, it yeah. was a really random moment. I was like, wow, this is cool. Yeah, there used to be a Starbucks where the Starbucks used to be. Right, or, that's a great one. Yeah, that's a great one. But All right, so you want to... He's really smart. Like, and he's a great writer, too. Have you ever read his books? No. Wesley Stace? He's he's a really great writer. Yeah. He, I, he, he turned me on to the Tristan Shandy. You know what that is? No. This is, like, one of the earliest books ever printed, and it's, like, 7,000 <laughs> pages. Read, did he read it to you in the car? He probably read me a page. Well, listen, yeah. so we're going to turn, you know, one of the great things about musicians is that, like, you know, they do turn you, turn you on to other stuff. So if you're a fan of Kevin Kenny and you've never heard John Wesley Harding, please go out and buy, uh, go buy uh, It Happened One Night. That's a great one. Uh, or is it the second one? It happened. It almost happened one night. I'm not sure. I, that one, I, that's my, I think I my, might be my favorite. Uh, yeah. He's just, uh, yeah. You'll love it. He's, he's witty and uh, he's... And he's heartbreaking. He does some beautiful stuff. He's in touch with himself. Um, speaking of people going on tour together, uh, me and Amy Ray are going on tour in okay. February. That'll be fun. We're going to Texas and Alabama. Nice. And so, I can't believe I didn't hear about this amazing fucking Athens show. I, I got to stay more connected. Yeah, look for uh, look up the chronic. T- well, there's not a lot of advertising for it because it's sold out in like four minutes. I know, but I also don't go out a lot. Did I mention I have three kids? And I'm ready to go to bed at like. Oh, you had three kids. Yeah, I'm ready to go to bed. Remember, see, it just changes a lot, doesn't it? I, I congratulations. That is a lot of work. You're telling me. I know, but the good moments are amazing. They really are. When they're sleeping, they're fucking awesome. You know, when they're so great. When they look so cute and amazing. Just a just a. I used to have this. uh, I had this poem called "My Dad Is 42." You know, it's just about like how my dad, how I remember my dad. He's always forty two. Like, how old your dad? Is like, I don't know. He's think he's forty two. Even when he was like sixty, I'm like, I don't know. He's think he's forty two. I don't know why. It was just like the dad age. Forty two is like the dad age. Right, the dad age. And uh, I still remember like once you have kids, how hard it is to. There's so much. 
It's so boring. <laughs> I like going to bed early, though. Like it's like yeah, I know, but like you're trying to right, but like but like you're t- at three in the afternoon. Everyone's over for school. You got to kill three hours till dinner. It's like I'm bored. <sighs> it's like uh, I don't know, honey. <laughs> dig a hole. Like that's what I told my kids. Like go dig a hole. You know, here's a shovel. Go dig a hole. I don't know. So um, there you go. All right, so what do you want to do? We want to do an old you one. Want me to play a new, I'll play a new song. Well, I figured you definitely have you do new ones, but I also have to make you do at least one old song. For I'll do that too. For the for the um, for the fans. As long as I don't, have to, I don't have to play straight to hell, do I? Uh, you don't have to play straight to hell. Okay. But I do want to. <laughs> I do want to ask you. I listen. This is one of those things that, like, okay, if I ever get to meet Kevin Kinney, okay, I would like to know the actual words, okay, to Honeysuckle Blue. Uh, the part that nobody knows the words to. Oh, there's no words to. There, yeah. there, there, there isn't. You literally make it up every time. No, I do the same ones that I don't make any sense. Like, call me the promise that I run me down law. No, not a clue. From there, we don't know. Don't well, if there really wasn't, know. if there wasn't the nice backup going on of the, you know, them re- with the refrain right. that they're doing, it'd be easier. But I tried yesterday. I'm like, no, fuck. What is he saying? So you don't know either. That's the answer. Not really. You're down by law and you're running for. Call floor? me the promise and run me down by law. Run me down and you left me lying on the road alone. It's about time that I took you through these times of love and war. Standing by my side and let it all run out to roar. I've got a dream. so And I've got a love. It's standing far too strong. I've got something that no one else knows. And it's, and it's all down by law. I'm down by law. I'm running for you keep you. saying down by law for no reason. I have no idea. Lost and found and lost again. I kind of just left You it. just killed my battery trying oh, to remember man. the words to that song. Oh, man. <laughs> We luckily we've got that's why we got the big one on. All right, let's uh, let's do a new one. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't, I kind of just embraced the fact that I had no lyrics for it. I know, but this is one of those things way. like you know, like us REM fans were like, what the fuck is Michael saying, right? And we right. once you accept that he doesn't, that they, ha- you can tell what they are, but that might not mean anything. Yours, that verse, we honestly can't tell what you're actually singing. <laughs> but yeah, it was kind of one of these things where I didn't, I didn't know if I wanted to ruin it with like a message. Can I say that? That's a cop out, by the way. That is. There so it's go. not the real answer. That's the bullshit answer. No, that's the real answer. Is I don't know what it, I'm saying. Well, I, I thought. Go I thought. I, I thought. Just, I thought Apple would help me. I was like, oh, I'm going to play it on here. Apple doesn't show it either. Apple just shows them. You know who them singing we should the, ask is Sadler Vaden because he makes something up that makes sense. Okay. So we're going to listen to Jason Isabel. Listen to what Sadler Vaden's singing. Good. Good call. And then that's going to be it. That's going to be the answer. Okay. How often do people ask you, by the way? Oh, not very much. I mean, I try not to be. But, a, um, I try to ask kind of original the more questions. People wonder about, wonder about the bup up part. Bup up up. What's the bup up? What's that part? The, the, but, to the honeysuckle blue. Bup up. I thought you were saying whoa whoa whoa. Is it whoa whoa whoa? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is it? I've heard that song a thousand times. I thought it's whoa whoa whoa. I thought it was bup up up whoa whoa whoa. I don't know. Amazing. Anyway, that part was. I was a. That was a placeholder. For, I was gonna put horns there, da, da, da. and then we ran out of money, so I left the ba 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 part. Ba ba ba, not whoa whoa whoa. Well, there you know. go. I don't know. Maybe it is whoa 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 ba ba I've been doing it wrong this whole fucking time. I'm gonna watch your lips when I see you live next time. You know. I'm gonna see what you're doing. I don't own these songs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so which well, one do you want to do? One, this is the one Bill Berry plays on. Okay. This is called Stop Look Listen Think. Right. I know this one. I, I listened to this one a few times. Did you listen to this one? This world with this kind and mild embrace. We all, all just stayed in place. And we thought 
We thought we got to think In this call Call to arms again Stop, look, listen, think Stop, look, listen, think Stop, look, listen, think Think about it There's ten Ten sides to every game Just know Pick the wrong one you've been played And just now As I sing my songs engaged My dreams My dreams, my truths may change Stop a little, listen, think Stop a little, listen, think Stop a little, listen, think Think about it Think about it To more than I could have known And I'm free In a way I've never gone I'm beyond Beyond this new day rising I'm awake To a simple truth explored Stop a little, listen, think Stop little listen think Stop little listen think think about it Think about it Think about it actually the that the opening of that that actually made me think of john west i for, it just kind of had there's a there's a song that has kind of a similar i mean there's only seven notes in the whole world right, <laughs> right. but it definitely like made me start thinking about his kind of yeah. vibe yeah yeah i think he would like that one for sure he loved i remember he loved the title flower of the knife yeah i have this record called flower of the knife he's like oh i love it i love the title i love it mate yeah He's very aristocracy. He's got a nice air of. He could, you know, should have been an actor. Maybe he is an actor. Was he an actor? I don't know. He's very handsome as well. He is. I don't know about lately, but he should have been a bigger star. He's a charming bastard. He should have been a bigger star. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you think the record label doesn't know what to do with you? What do you think they're going to do with him? Stick him in the folk section and call it a day? There you go. Is there a folk section? Is there even a section? Peter, Paul, and Mary, John Wesley Harding. All it takes, though, you know what? All it takes is that, like, you know, I've been talking about Kate Bush for the last 20 years. Right. And the Stranger Things puts her song, running up that hill. Everyone knows Kate Bush now. It's like, it really just, because you could take, there's a Starbucks where Starbucks used to be and put it in Breaking Bad. And that would be a hit. That would be a hit. Right. People would know who he was. Right. So it just, you know. It could change overnight. But so could, I feel like that could happen for you. Like a lot of these guys that make TV, that's the thing. They're like, they're our age. They like the shit they grew up with. And they go, you know who I fucking love that nobody knows is driving a crying. Let's stick, let's stick one of these songs in a, in a movie. Yeah. And then boom, you're back. From your mouth to 
God's ears. My grandmother used to say that. Yeah, I don't. My, my parents never said that. Right. They said, "Oh, just quit your dreaming. You're going to be a factory worker for God's sakes. You know what you're doing there, kid? You're dreaming. But then you know, keep your dreams alive. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, the sun just like a new Tommy Newsom over here. Going to be a star. The sun just came out. I think I know prophetically. So I feel like you should play something related to that. I don't know what. What do you want to hear? I don't know. You want to do an oldie, like an oldie I'll that you do that, song. That, I can do oldie song that you like to play. Like I said, like Scarred but Smart would be great, or any any older track that. Well, do I could do my folk version of Scarred but Smart? How about that? Let's do it, I have man. A sunny folk version that Let, I do. Let's do it. I wrote so people can hear the because I like to do it, and and the and this the 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 way that with the G and the D, that's easier for the electric standing up electric, but sitting down the B is kind of hard for me to do. So I came up with a version that would have the same words. So. Not in Spanish or anything different? Ooh. <laughs> Do you know Spanish? No. Oh. You just said the same words. I'm like, well, of course it's the same words. I'm out of work. I'm out of hope. Of what should be of the I spoke. Good times for the undeserved. Hard times for the ones who work Poor man, rich man, blind man, dead man Hope for more than they have all planned Just then they suffered a serious blow As the real world cuts the line you hold Nobody said this would be fair They warned you before you went out there There's always a chance to get restarted a new world, new life, scarred but smarter. Is it right to wish the poor man rich? Is it right to wish the rich man poor? Hope all that's well, his will ends fair. Wish thy neighbor's life of despair. A man did not start crying No paying off for all my trying To do it right, to never fail Wishing for some fairy tale Nobody said this would be fair They warned you before you went out there There's always a chance to get restarted To a new world, new life scarred but smarter my life it turns all around jobs and things to do that I've found I think how foolish I must have looked to think I could be down for good nobody said this would be fair but in the end I think it is Karma or justice or whatever you want to call it. It's really there. Keep looking for it. 
nobody said this would be fair. Came on deep before you went out there. There's always a chance to get restarted. To a new world, new life scarred but smarter. To a new world, new life scarred but smarter. Nice. You did that with uh, Popper, right? John Popper did it with me, yes. That's right. Yeah. Because that's the version that that kind of has. And I, I imagine... Yeah, that's uh, got the... Yeah. And right. now Aaron Lee Tashin does a really beautiful version that's like... like It's really beautiful. He does it on piano. It's like... What's the first line? <laughs> I don't remember. Like, uh, you just did it a minute ago. Play the regular version, then it'll get there to you. I'm out of it. <laughs> out of work, I'm out of hope. Of what should be of the ice poke. It's a really beautiful version. Right. I did, I did it the other night with him. Uh, so there you go. That's a good one. Right. That's a good one, I think. Let's, uh, let me pull up my friend Eric's great questions. Yeah, let's do another Eric question. Okay. Uh... Uh, he said, who is your favorite collaborator? He said, he loved how you sounds with Michelle Malone. Would you record with her? Is it true? Uh, who is your favorite collaborator? Hmm. Well, um, Peter Buck has definitely come up with some really good riffs. <laughs> he came up with the Indian. And uh, I like working with Peter because it never makes me feel nervous. Um, I'm not real good at collaborating with, uh, like, combining songwriting ideas within a song, you know. Um, but as far as musically going, I think, every, like, Sadler Vaden and, and, and Laura Jometz, the, the, the carp, the, Aaron Lee Tashin, uh, Sadler Vaden, Laura Jometz, um, Audley Free, all the people that I play guitars with, you know, Warren Haynes, all the people who contribute guitar parts to this stuff have been some of the great, of my favorite collaborators as far as that goes. Um as far as singing with people, I really I love singing. I love singing with Tim, with yeah. Tim Nielsen. We have a good understanding of each other. You know, we like when we sing with the people, it gets me choked up sometimes. It's really beautiful, you know. And he does a really great "Can't Promise You the World." I let him sing it, and then I come in with a high harmony, and nice. it's really great. Nice. But I think me and Tim sing really good together. You know, I have to say Tim would be my favorite. Who? Who? who that's like what a what a what a zag that is for you. Oh, who's my yeah. favorite collaborator? The guy I've been fucking singing with for fifty years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do love my friend Tom Clark. Uh, really, we do we do really great together. And you know, I I, I love playing with um, uh, you know my friend Edward McCain is he's fun to play with. Um, Gib Droll. I I don't know. I have a lot, but um, Todd Snyder is one of my closest friends. You know, we do. You know, I like working with him. But he, we're both very insular. Like we're not real songwriter. Like get into a room and write songs with people, kind of people. Right. Well, for well for this record, you just you want to just play with a bunch of your friends and go, hey, I wrote this song and I want you to contribute this part. Or, well, it started off very very. Uh, it started off side one is how the whole record was supposed to be. It's it's supposed to be kind of jazz. Like like I had I had a really Colonel Bruce's bass player Kevin 
Scott and then Darren Stanley on drums. It's always kind of a very, you know, the innocent, the one very version you'll hear on there. And then I wrote a, a song I played piano on. And then the pandemic hit and we were just isolated. So, yeah, I mean, it was... um um, um that record was just it started really was written before the pandemic it was it's kind of a it, it was a little bit from the, this Eric Van Hessler and me did this we're going to do this show or whatever I don't we did a little practice TV show of doing like a couple of song, songs a night of these songs it was basically based on like living in an apartment so they're like versions of stuff that you do like like the Scarborough Smart like nobody said it would be fair you know um uh, that is like three in the morning. You live in an apartment and you're playing a song for your friend. Right. That's kind of was a synthesis for this record. Was kind of like you know to do like versions where I'm not screaming. You know, like scope you know, caterpillar character, an ironclad cocoon, bundled up in nonsense. That the end is coming soon. So it's kind of like me singing to you at at three in the morning, like right. in, a, in a thin walled apartment. You know. We can't just like we have mass. You know, I lived in an apartment in New York, and I'd have like songwriters come over, and they're just like, "Let me sing you this song." Well, I bring my bottle, save my life for you, and you're like, like, like this is awesome. But this is really awesome. I, I have to grab a battery one more time, okay. but it'll be much quicker this time. Though. Okay. I wish I could. Why not? I don't think I know it. I have to sing it in two days. You want to pull it up on your on your phone there? I can. I have the lyrics for it. Buy the sky and ask the sky and ask. I have the lyrics for it. And ask the sky. Thought I had the lyrics saved for it. I thought I did. Where to do with it? I don't know what to do with it. Oh no! Will it ruin it? Probably, but everything's. Oh man. What's that? Fall on me? I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know if there's a. I don't know the the chord. You can get your battery first. Get it before the water gets in it. Oh, the 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 other part's did on top though. That's right. good. Like I said, thanks to online, you can pull it up. What's that? The words? Yeah. I have them right here. Okay, let's do it, man. I'll just do a, a, my version of it. How about that? That sounds fine. Let's do this real quick. Okay, so, uh, but so yes, just getting back to that record though, it was like, I just, we, I wanted to keep it very sparse and I I didn't want any background singing on it. I just want to keep it me, very personal and very just like stark and a couple instruments on things. So there's no more than four instruments on any, on any one song, you know, it's pretty basic and I just want to keep it, keep it simple. So this is, I'm going to try to do, I have to do Fall On Me for this R.E.M. tribute, so I'm going to try to do best I can. I've done it with them before, but I keep... 
I don't know. I've never played the music for it. Okay. So I don't know if I'm getting it is anywhere near correct. All right. Well, it's close as that's cool. Right. Close enough. We'll just like yeah. Yeah. There's a problem. Weights in iron. Or wait, there's a problem. Feathers iron. Bargain buildings. Weights and pulleys. Feathers hit the ground before the weight can leave the air. By the, by the sky. I don't know what the chords are. Come on, man. So by the sky and. Oh, wait, there. By the sky and. By the sky and. Fill the sky. Lift your, I don't know. Lift your uh, I see. This is embarrassing. I apologize to your listeners. But there's a problem. Wait, that's that's a tough one. Because I always I always thought it started with there's a problem. Uh, um. But anyway, there's a progress. We have found our way to talk around the problem. Buildings, towers. Uh, what was it? Building tower foresight. Isn't anything at all By the sky and by the sky and I don't know, I'm sorry I apologize, that was terrible You have, uh, you have failed worst ver- I've you, failed. Have, you have failed You want to do an R.E.M. song you know? I mean, can we do one you I know? I don't really know any R.E.M. <laughs> songs I don't know anybody's songs You, you clearly I don't you, know any cover You songs. clearly know at least like a th- like. That's why I had to write my own R.E.M. song Right, you, you just picked if the If I knew how to do R.E.M. songs I probably wouldn't have do- wrote, wrote an R.E.M. song I probably would have done this song Right Which I was crying Like, did you hear their version of I feel like a failure I mean, I wouldn't ask you to do End of the World, right? I wouldn't ask you to do that one That's the hard one Starts with an earthquake, birds, snakes, aeroplanes Lady Bruce is not afraid. Yeah, what, what comes after that? Nobody knows. Oh, you ever heard? Can't listen to your to your world since its own needs. Some of your own needs. needs. Speed it up a notch, beat brown nose. Shirt, uh, ladder starts to kill uh, with fear. John's in the basement, makes it up the medicine. Exactly. Big man think about the government, a man in a trench coat, bats off, laid off. She's got to back off, wasn't getting paid off. And look out, kid, don't know what you did. I don't know when, but you're doing it again. He better duck down the alleyway looking for a new friend of man in a coonskin cap. Big man wants $11 bills. You only got 10 did you ever hear my version of 316? Uh, no. Highway 316 or no. Highway 61 Revisited? Uh, no. I have a version of it. I have a version of it uh, about 316. You know what 316 is? The, the freeway, yes. It used to go to Athens before the, they built that big one. Right. Well, yeah. Well, that is now it is a big one. No, but whatchamacallit. 316. What, it, it's 78 to 316. Right. And that's the big one now. Now it's right. It's eight laner. Right. Used to take well, I used to go up there and then make a left at the Kula and then take that other little road. Right. There you go. I used to take... Do you want to hear my song about 316? I would love it. Would that be okay? It's uh, not on this record. You know, This is an unreleased track. It's unreleased. It's not from my new record, Think About It. Which you should, which you can this buy right now on... For. This is my first interview for Think About oh, It. Oh, fantastic. Where can, you, where can it be bought? Amazon? The Amazon, record store? Turtles? I don't know. Do you think you can get a turtle? If you can find a turtle, stand in front of it. I will call me, and I will bring it to you. And you can tell people you got the turtles. Right? Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Um, I think iTunes and uh, Jarvis Crying Sight and the things like that. Buy it on Jarvis Crying Right. Can anybody, make, can anybody make money today in the music business? <clears throat> um, if you get on a radio, if you get a TV show. But if, if somebody downloads it, right, I have my free, I pay 10 bucks a month for... Yeah, you don't get, I don't get any of that. You get nothing. Not really. A few cents per stream. I feel like we could maybe make you go viral or something. Yeah. We can record something here that makes you go viral. Yeah, let's not do that. Like, no, like your, like your horrible version of, of 
of Follow Me. And then we go, well, who is the fuck is this guy? And yeah. they Google Kevin Kinney. And well, but I already, if, if I would have been more serious about it, but I kind of already laid it out earlier that it wasn't going to be very good. So. Oh, okay. So we like, listen to this Follow Me. Follow Me. That would go viral. If he was right. You know, but... But anyway, here's one I wrote about going to Athens. Okay. So then we'll be going back and forth on 316 this week. Ready? Right. I was riding high with a jeweler from the cooler. She was going out with some side wander from Wander. Well, they settled down in Bethlehem, lived on Manger Way. Started getting restless and she needed her space. She picked up her belongings. She packed up all the bags. She went flying by on Highway 316. He was working on the weekends at the Don't Tell a Soul Cafe. He started off by serving tea, ended up playing the bass. Well, the tide was a turning when the show was televised. Seems he's kind of famous. He's getting recognized. He picked up his belongings. He packed up all his fame. He went flying by on Highway 316. Just outside the stadium, if he found him, he would chase him. Highway 29, living life so divine. Uh, uh, oh, uh, I forgot how. Uh, we, was, were, we were cruising right along 316. We, right along 316. we ran out of gas. <laughs> we ran out of gas. But it's kind of like that. We're heading out of Bogart, gonna realize our dream. Even if it takes us many weeks and many schemes. Well, he sold off all his Hot Wheels. He bought a new guitar. Uh, uh, we're going to Athens to find Pete Buck. And I just <laughs> said, good luck. <laughs> I went flying by on Highway 316. So that's just one you do for fun sometimes? Just sometimes I do for fun. Or, you know, if I'm in Athens. Right. It's a gag. You know what gag is? A guaranteed applause getter. Well, you know, you probably know that in the... In the uh, a guaranteed applause getter. Yeah, a gag. That's what a gag is. Yeah, so but like if you're in are... Omaha, you go, ha, huh, man, how's it? Omaha, how you doing, Omaha? <laughs> guaranteed. <laughs> Nobody says, we suck. They're all like, yeah. Have you, have you ever... Have then you then ever... You, then you go, then you remember something about Omaha. You went to Carl's Cheesesteak. You go, right. how about those Carl's Cheesesteaks? Yeah. Have you... He's part of us. Have you ever said the wrong so, city? Have you ever said "Great to be here" in, and they fucking booed you? You're like, "Oh fuck, that was last night." I don't think I've ever. You've never said like I've Raleigh never. instead of Charlotte, or no, never done that. I've forgotten words. I forgot the words <laughs> straight to hell the other night. <laughs> well, it's funny. We talked. We t- we did talk about. We talked about when when uh, when uh, when the when the crows got big. But you know, uh, you know, I think Hootie outsold them even. Yeah. You were on the circuit with them, I assume, back in the day. No, nope, never really met them. Really? Never met them until a few, till a few years. I mean, I knew them. I met them. I mean, I met them in uh, the guy that booked us in uh, in uh, Columbia. 
Art Burke was his name. He was a really good guy. He owned a bar called Rockefeller's. He's from Jersey. He was really great. Um, he introduced me to Darius. But they were. Then. But you guys weren't all playing together back. Are they no, after? They're, the they're after you. Even between world, like even in the worlds that we're in, we're like post. We're like post Dream Syndicate. We're and we're pre Black Crows, pre Hootie. So we're kind of like in this. We even even doing even being weird as we are. We also wound up in a really weird pocket where it's like, basically the our graduating class is like Soul Asylum, like us and Soul Asylum. Right. Are pretty close, and we kind of went through the same. We toured together and did things together before we had hits. You know, like that weird sophomore record right. tours. Um, but yeah, we're kind of in between worlds. You know, like we're not even like like the night when Ninety Nine X came. They were like not like I think they made it a, their thing. Like we are not a driver and crying. Like that is a '96 rock thing. When who came? Sorry. Like when driver when Ninety Nine X came to Atlanta. Right. Like they we weren't really a Ninety Nine X band. Like we were not. They were. It, they might play something every so often, but very rarely. Like, we were kind of a '96 rock kind of thing, and but again, we, that's we were what, W-R-E-K and '96 rock, right? Basically. But that that was the whole tone of the movie was that like, oh, they tried to make them a, this hard rock thing, and they're not hard rock. And again, it's like, I guess if you're from here, I just I never saw you that way, right? Like if you. If you grew up and your friend was like, you have to listen to this, it's Whisper Tames the Lion, right? Right. And yeah. then that came, you know, and then a few years later, this other record comes out. You're like, well, that's a cool song, too. Like, we never thought of you as some, quote, unquote, hard rock band. Well, yeah. Well, that's good. I wasn't. <laughs> I like to play hard rock because I think it's fun, but I think I'm, I think it's kind of fun and, and it's just for fun. Like, my, I mean, like, I was friends with people who had bands like Threshold of Pain and DDT, and they were like, oh, this is you know, they were like, like, you know, so like, like, you know, it wouldn't have been like, that's a pop song, right? Me, you know, so. Well, uh, well, on but, an acoustic guitar, certainly. Yeah. But, you know, I don't, uh, I think rock, I love rock. So, I mean, I'm, yeah, we were all, we were categorized in a lot of different wrong ways, I think. I'm not even sure what the right one would have been, but you know, the 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 solo stuff that I do is closer to what my story arc would have been uh, if I hadn't started to do the driver crying thing, you know, because the driver crying thing for me is fun. Like I look forward to doing that because it's just fun. It's kind of du- it's kind of kind of like a rock thing. I mean, you get to be a rock star for a little while, but it's not really what I love. I'm not right. trying to do it. Right. But you when, you, when you think about your solo career, it's kind of hard to distinguish. It's like when, when, when remember when Westerberg came out with his first record, and if you looked at who played on the record, it's like, well, it's it's the replacements. You right. know what I mean? So it's Same like McDougal Blues is that's what I'm sa- that's what I'm saying. So it's kind of hard to distinguish. Yeah, it's just, but I think it's because there's no amps, no rock amps on it. You know, I think you know, I mean, I could have called all these records Johnny Crying records. It might have been easier for me to to do, but it's a different. It's a different. I mean, you wind up doing concerts where it's like I have to play a concert, and it's like, you know, if I do driving and crying, like I did it, this, like I did this week, I, there's just no time for me to do Broken Hearts Auto Parts and and Flower in the Knife stuff, and there's just not. I don't have the extra hour to do an acoustic show in the middle of it, you know. It's like it's just, so I have to. I had to split it up, you know, to do like McDougal Blues and and all the songs from there, Iron Mountain and stuff. Things I love to do in my folk shows. Right. Just, there's just not enough time in the day, and people don't have that much 
people don't have that much patience. What if you opened for Driving and Crying? What if Kevin Kenny opened for Driving and Crying? I opened for Driving and Crying at the Fox once, and nobody gave a shit. Really? Terrible. It was at the center stage. I can't remember. I they didn't know who I was. You came out. They were. And I got. I got just. I got just a shitty. That can't be. That can't be true. It's true. It was like people were just talking, and it was really. Like, ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Kinney, and there was nothing. Maybe I didn't introduce myself. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I was a little. I remember being mad about it. I remember being like not mad about. It, but I remember being a little discouraged. You broke another camera. All right. Well, we should we should wrap it up here shortly. Okay. Uh, I'm enjoying myself though. This has Did been great. Did you get any good things you can use? I got nothing. I can't use any of this. Okay. Good. Um, well, here's what I usually do. I usually ask I ask some very specific Atlanta questions, actually. Okay. And we can certainly do another song at the end too, if you'd like. Uh, not really. I'm not dying to play. Okay. If you're not if you're not it's feeling just it, my man. Comfort animal. Yeah. If you're not feeling my it. Emotional support. Uh, instrument. This is uh, this is called the Atlanta Favorites Quiz. And there are no wrong answers. Oh, good. Question number one. What is your go-to order at Waffle House? Oh, my go-to order used to be. I don't eat there very much anymore. But my go-to. I have two. Can I give you two? Absolutely. Well, I'll combine them. I'll pretend that I'm having a very festive. Uh, uh, can I tell you quickly that my first favorite Waffle House experience was? Every year when I had the kids, you know, when you have kids, you got to do the holidays in different places, right? Right. So I had to take them up for, to Winston-Salem for Christmas Eve every year, and then Christmas I had to come back to have it with their grandparents on my on my ex-wife's side. So every Christmas we had to, we got up, opened presents, packed the car, filled up the car, drove to Atlanta, and then we would, like, right around 11 or noon, we'd have Waffle House. Oh. Oh. Oh, shit. That's your insert. That's all right. That's okay. No. Okay. Oh. oh, Jesus, we're falling apart here. Okay. Your Christmas story has, has ruined our <laughs> so, uh, my, uh So we'd always talk about So one year, my favorite Waffle House experience ever was stopping on Christmas Day at the Waffle House in Greenville, South Carolina, and the freak show comes in. Right. From the circus. Literally the freak show. The bearded lady and the tiny Tim, tiny Tom, Tom, tiny Tim. Tiny Tom so, and a literal freak show. The, the freak show. The bearded lady. Everybody. The strong man. They all come in. Their British accents. Right. And we're. And that was my favorite Waffle House morning ever. Okay. And what do you order so, typically? Okay. So my typical order would be, we're sitting down right now. I'd probably get the waffle sandwich. Okay. Do you know what that is? No. The waffle sandwich is ham and cheese, but they cook it in the waffle iron. I might have to try that. And it's it's on the menu, but they don't show a picture of it. Waffle sandwich. It's not. There's no waffle involved. This is bread, wheat bread, cheese, ham, cooked in waffle iron. And then if you're eating, trying to eat a little bit healthier, uh, grits with no butter on it, and then the poached egg on top. Love it. What is your current favorite place to eat in Atlanta? Uh, I think when I have when I want to go out to eat, I go to Gaja, which is where it's in. Uh, it's across from uh, the Earl. It's Korean tapas. Okay. And really great music and a really cool vibe. In a given week, when you're floating about, not at a gig, how often are you recognized? Uh, very rarely. <laughs> That's not part of the normal quiz. I just thought I would ask yeah, you. Very rarely. Like, so unless it's at the show. Maybe once a week. So if it's at the show, they recognize you. Otherwise, you get to be... Like I got recognized at Trader Joe's the other day. Right. That was cool. Nice. I was checking it out. You know, so it made the cashiers think that maybe I was, you know... Maybe this guy's been famous all time. I don't right, know. Right. I always look for that. But then I run away. Uh, well, I was going to ask, the next question is Publix or Kroger? Oh. 
Well, that's a that's a good question. I think Kroger. I have a Kroger card, so I prefer Kroger because I know where everything's laid out. Right. Publix, I like. Uh, people are nice, and they take a they they. You can do the tap, or you you can you know you can pay. Kroger, you can't. You have to insert your card still. I guess nineteen ninety. Is that amazing? It's twenty twenty two, and one of the biggest companies in the world. <laughs> so you I can't I, use your iPhone. I don't want to brag. Tap, I, do I, I don't want to brag, but I went to England recently, yeah. and every single store, tap. mom and pop, or the biggest store in the world, yeah. you never have Bing, to. Yeah. Right, phone tap everything. Right. How come we can't do that in the great state of Georgia? Well, especially Kroger. Like, well, come on, Kroger. Right. Give me a fucking break. Are you fired up? I'm, I'm fucking fired up. Dude. I'm so fired up. I, right? We Did should, I get a nerve? I feel like you should Did write I, a song I, about that. Honestly, this is why people have a connection, because they're saying, no one has brought that up before. Right. Come on, Kroger. Step it up a notch. Right. How many millions of dollars did you make during that pandemic? I feel like All that. All the shelves were empty. You can't upgrade your system to some tap? When is that happening? And just to annoy them, I ask them every time I'm there. I feel like I this. the manager, could... I go, when are you guys going to get the tap? I do it every time. Seriously, you gotta do it for me, with me. I will start doing it. Excuse me, real quick. Um, are you gonna have that tap? You know, when you when when you sang about Same. listen. Kevin, when you sang about pre-approved, pre-denied, oh. I thought you were really speaking for the people. I, N- now I, but this is like right? on that level, right? Right. The working class is under attack. Why can't Kroger have the tap? Right. You got to start sneaking in there. I got to keep inserting. I don't even know if I have a magnetic. They're not even going to have magnetic strips next year. They'll probably get rid of them. Listen, if you sneak that in next live show, right, just be looking for me. If I see you in the audience, I'm going to throw that line out. I can't Kroger have the tap. And people People will immediately explode. Now, here's the tricky thing about music is I can put that in a song right now today. People will, yeah. But if I put it in in 10 years, like 10 years later, they go, why can't Kroger have the tap? Like, Kroger has a tap. But I wrote that 10 years ago when they didn't. I mean, but listen, you know, what's I'm just saying, folk music always. It's hard being a folk music the curve, is all I'm saying. Always. It's, it's not, it's a curse. <laughs> <laughs> that alone was worth you coming here, by the way. I'm so glad you in- I got to interview today, but that alone, th- sneaking that in there was yeah. amazing. All right. Uh, wh- how do you rank the Atlanta sports teams? What's the most important? Oh. Falcons, Braves, Hawks, Braves, United? Braves. The Braves. Uh, well, you know, I'd like to. Ha- I was, I was, I, 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 it used to, be, used to be Braves, Hawks, Falcons, but now I think it's Braves, Falcons, Hawks. The Hawks, they really need to give, they need to get a better better support system going on there. But the NBA, I don't know. I wish they would kind of go back to, I wish they would have like a college to to have kind of, you know, system. Like there's too many commercials and stops and it's like, it's like, it's, it's like, I don't even watch. I used to love watching. I had to see had, like tickets to see like when they had the uh, uh, D- and they right. had Steve Smith and they had like they had Mookie Blaylock for right. a while. I used to love that. So I grew up in Milwaukee with like Lou Alcindor and Oscar Robertson and John McLaughlin and all those guys. Right, Lucius Allen, and uh, um, I love basketball, but I think I love college basketball. The Marquette Warriors were really big. Right. I listened to the show, the game yesterday with Georgia and Georgia Tech. It was like, I don't know. I don't, I'm losing. I'm, I guess I'm growing out of basketball a little bit. Have you ever gotten to throw out a first pitch? 
No. Have you gotten to play halftime at any of the major sports teams? Uh, no. You're a national fucking sing, treasure. You should be out at halftime. Godless America once at the Braves. Okay. For the seventh inning stretch. Okay. Were you happy about that? No, you don't seem happy about that. It was very stressful. Why? Because you were like, there's 60,000 people. I don't want to fuck just, it up. Like, stand in there and there's like real baseball players and you're just, you know, I'm not, I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. <laughs> I'm not that guy. <laughs> You know, I would maybe do it like, you know, like the Grady High School, like, like, you know, maybe like the great Grady High School wrestling team, <laughs> maybe do something in between wrestling matches. Okay. All right. You know, uh, like you got to fight for your right to party. And it's like, let's go Grady High School wrestling. Uh, do you sneak that into your set occasionally? I do not think I was going to hear a, a Beastie Boys reference. Um, I don't know where that came from. I don't know. I don't know either. I feel like you're being inspired by this. I do love that record, though. I mean, I love, uh, but I also love Eminem. Lose yourself. Why is? Why do I love it? I don't know. Why. Can you play that one? Can you? Do you even know how to play that one? Not really. But you tried. I tried. Uh, but this is the stuff I think people would go nuts for if you just recorded all that. Like you said, like you said, when you're older and care less, I guess you'll yes, just do this I guess experimental I could record. Just get lyrics off of the internet and do my own versions. Of right. It. Like, what are the lyrics to lose yourself? Um, have could write have, them you, down have you ever had here, one 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 thing. shot, one opportunity? Oh, there you go. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, lyrics, lyrics to lose yourself. Okay. Eminem. Okay. Okay, losing to yourself. Look, if you had one shot, one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted, as you can see, you could do it. I could do it like, I could do it like Pete Seeger, <laughs> like you know, you know, like this Bob, the John, the uh, the the uh, Bruce Springsteen Seeger sessions, which I like. But if he's, I could, I was gonna do a whole record where I do every song like Pete Seeger. Okay. Because it has that. Well, if you had one shot, and you got your opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted. One moment, would you capture it or just let it slip? Yo. Well, his palms are sweaty, his knees are weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit in his sweater, already mom's spaghetti. He's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. The whole world goes so loud. He opens his mouth, but the words won't come out. He's choking now. Everybody's joking now. The clocks run out. Time is up. Oh, my Lord. Step back to reality. Oh, this is gravity. Oh, there goes Rabbit. He's choked up. He's so mad, but he won't give up. That's easy. No. He won't have it. He knows his whole backs to these ropes. It don't matter. He's dope. <laughs> Lose yourself. Once I did that song with Odetta at the village gate. That was amazing. It's like I said, worth the whole trip right there. That could go viral. That I think that Pete might go. Seeger does Eminem. Hello. Right. And it'd be like, who? Do I have to come up with every good idea? Who is Jesus. this? Who is this old man in a cap? This old man in a cap. Is that <laughs> Matt? If hair. I posted this right now and didn't say Kevin Kinney, it might be like, Dad is Dad is that your grandpa? Is yeah. that is that Matt? Is that your grandpa? Is That's that right. a, an uncle of yours? That's right. 
Did, did you stop messing with the with the wig thing? By the way, they made that a big part of your documentary. I have no idea why uh, Hessler oh, thought I that would be. I just got one for fun. My friend, I did a video. But why did Van Hessler make that a part of the documentary? It was I like thought it was because I didn't want because I told him he didn't want to put it in there. I said put everything in there. It was just an ex- it was just an experimental time for you to like have a no. My friend Rob is uh, he passed away. Uh, he was he did our video for something Andrew revival, but he also did this Detroit City video, right? Right. So he's like, hey man, if I have my because he what he he worked for Roger Corman, and so he was had this great thing called Almost Human, and he did Buffy the Vampire Slayer like back when before CGI really, and he actually created a lot of the monsters. So he had a he had a shop in L.A. Uh, almost human in uh, Silver Lake, and so he made me a he got my hair got a sent him a sample of my hair and they found a sample of it and they made me like a cool little toupee. And I was like, fuck yeah, man, that's awesome. I mean, cool is a sort of you don't think toupees are cool? Oh, I may just mean like I uh, man, I think they're cool. You I could just why don't you just get like if you just you could make make the Kevin Kinney like wig like it would just be that hat but with the hair connected to it. Well, I already have the, that stuff for hair. Just leave it. Right. These are real. This is real. I don't know. I'm just, I'm in a, you know, I'm always, always caught between worlds. Right. All right. Well, before we do the, the, the encore number, the last question I always ask is, who should I have next on the Atlanta podcast? Who should you have next on the Atlanta podcast? Yeah. Who should, who should do this show after you? Wow. Mmm. Like an international star, or some they have to be from Atlanta. Well, it helps if they were at you least have international artists too. It, it helps if they are at least visiting you Atlanta. Have like real, you have real people on here too, or just people like me. Uh, well, I've had some actors. I've had chefs. Really, I've had a few hip hop type people. Okay, I had Gip Goody from the Goody Mob on. Ooh, see, that's real. Yeah, wow, he that's he big. was he was great. I think you guys would get along we'll great. A lot better than I. I bet his show is a lot better. And he was great. Everybody brings their own. Okay. You're you're your own special that's snowflake, a, that's Kevin. A polite way of saying. Just like just he like was a lot better than you. There's no there's no there's the, there's no. I'm not in competition. It's okay. Exactly. Everything's not a competition. So I have to tell my wife all the time. Did you ever have CeeLo on here? I, I would love to have CeeLo, but I haven't had him yet. He's one of my favorites, by the way. Yeah. He's like one of my ultimate favorite. He made a record that I bought right when the pandemic came out that was really genius. I love his voice. I, he's one of the Atlanta people I'd love to meet someday. I'd love to meet CeeLo. Can you do Shine Like Gold? Could you play that song? I don't know that song. <laughs> so it was a big and hit. I'm definitely not going to insult somebody that I want to meet someday. Right. All right, besides CeeLo, yeah, who I, should I have? Eminem somebody... makes fun of me. If he gets mad at me and sends me like, yo, man, that was not cool for you to do the Pete Seeger. That was not cool. I know. I, I'm okay with it. If I get that phone call. Right. But if I get CeeLo to call me up and say, like, that was fucked up, man. So there's somebody that you know that you like that you think would be great on this show they could be anything oh we're back to that yeah well if they're atlanta based great but if not if they're well, if they're traveling to, through okay do a little uh do, you know my do you know amber nash has she been on the show oh from whatchamacallit <laughs> from whatchamacallit she's on the cartoon she's on uh on archer yeah so i have and she's dad's garage and she just made a new re- movie called how to ruin the holidays which I, is really a great movie uh i would love I, to you should introduce me that'd be good. great I had what's his name on Kevin Gillespie. Uh, Kevin Gillespie. Kevin Gillespie. I had who's the who's the who's the jazz hands? What's his name? I had him on from from that show from Archer. I can't think of his name. Oh, from Archer. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Jazz hands. That guy. I forget his name. I, I feel know. really bad. Sedegas? Oh no. Uh, <laughs> who? I forget his name. Uh, but if you can introduce me to Ember Nash, you mean Adam Reed? Nope. Keep going. 
Lucky Yates. Lucky Yates, I had on the show. Sure, Lucky. Lucky's cool. Okay, I had him on. I like Yucky. But but I'll take Amber and Amber. How is my show based on Lucky? I think yours is going to be slightly more entertaining. He was great. Well, here's the thing. It helps. I don't like to do a lot of quote unquote like research on people. Right. But why? Because it's more fun like just to get to know you. Because you're learning. Right. People listening don't know who the hell I am. Well, yes, they do. Uh, some people will. There'll be eight people. But obviously, yeah. but I have experience with music since for the last however many years. Right. But I did, the documentary was great though. It did remind me of a bunch of things. Because as you know, like you have kids and they eat your brain and you can't remember as many things. Right. So watching the doc reminded me like, oh yeah, they went on Letterman and that was a huge fucking deal. And then they were gone. Like what happened? Yeah. What happened? Did you, seriously though, when you did that show, did you think, well, fuck shit. Now we're going to be top of the pops, baby. When you did Letterman, do you remember like what that felt like? Uh, Working with Paul? I remember I lost my voice that week, so I was like, we were doing so much press and stuff like that. By the time I got there, I was like, I got you on. The-. I was like, oh, great. But he, but did you think this he is? He just found out that day that he wasn't getting the Tonight Show. Are you being serious? Yeah. This is historic. So he was not happy. He was really kind of like mm, he just, and then Peter Ustinov was late, stuck in a tunnel or something. Right. But got to my play. Every moment of my life was. Meeting Peter Ustinov because I loved Logan's Run. Okay. And when we were backstage, and uh, and we were backstage, and uh, in between commercials, like he got it sat down with David. I don't know if it was between commercials, but he said something that was so cool. He goes, "I believe I've met the Muppets backstage." That's <laughs> 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 amazing. Yeah. You got to meet the great and Paul Schaefer, though, too? Oh, yes. I got, yes, we worked out, because we had to work out that arrangement. Right. So, and I threw him a solo. Yeah? I was stoned out of my mind. I was so high. We were smoking so much pot back then. I was so high, and I lost my voice, and I was really having a Lucy moment when they turned the cameras on. I was like... <laughs> so, when that, so afterwards... You- <laughs> it was not so there wasn't a like this feeling of like afterwards like sitting in the hotel like oh man this might be something we just did fucking letterman we watched it with our friend cheetah chrome from the dead boys at a bar okay in uh across from carnegie hall i think pj clark's or something like that uh i you know i was uncomfortable with the whole with the whole thing i was uncomfortable with the whole rock star without the, the hair and the videos i didn't like the video i didn't like but it was like I, you know, I had kids, and I was, I was like, oh fuck it, I'll, I'll say yes, I'll start saying yes, and I don't know, I, I was embarrassed by the whole thing, really. I was embarrassed by, by most of my career. Why were you embarrassed about that? Oh, it just didn't feel like me. I didn't, I didn't feel very comfortable. I didn't feel very comfortable in that skin. I'm not, you know, like that's why I love rock, rock stars. I love Mick Jagger and Keith, you know, like, like when I watched when we were out with the Black Crows this, this year, watching Chris Robinson, he just is like fucking great rock star and Michael is a great rock star and, and there's just great people who really embrace it you know I just wish I could be that I, I, I can't I can't do it I can't be like hi y'all doing hi what about or, what about having Tim take that role more he doesn't like to talk either because he's kind of more handsome than you quote unquote if you're into that thing He's very the handsome one, right? Every yeah, he's still very handsome, very right? Athletic. Did you like did soccer, you? You know, he's very. Athletic, <laughs> did you did you relate you know? to the movie uh, Almost Famous? Because they kind of had that vibe, right? I don't know if I remember watching that movie. It was really good. Was it good? I don't know. It's a band that kind of doesn't know where the success is. I guess so. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I guess I was always, you know, um, I don't know. I'd rather, I don't know. All right, let's I don't need to be I don't want to I, like I say if here's what I tell people 
this is this will be my final my final thought of the day. Okay, <laughs> if you would buy my record, right? And buy buy my new record, eh, eh, or I would I would love I, if you buy ten records this year, right? Or if you buy twelve records this year, right? I just I just want to be one of them. I want to be your I don't want to be your number one fan. I don't want to be number one. I just want to just if you go see forty shows, just thirty shows this year, just I don't have to be the right. The, I don't have to be the the show, right? Or you don't have to buy by poster or anything. I, just, Dude, I don't need people buy me... posters anymore. <laughs> Do they? You I, sell posters at your show? I would if we may, if we had. I would buy a poster. I should. Everything's digital, man. Everything's on the thing. Maybe there should be an, a driving crime NFT. Do you even know what that is? You know, I tried to get into it early on, but then you had to sign into some sort of password. Yeah, it's could, too much. You could never ever change, and it was like <laughs> what? Like if you even if you ever change it, anybody ever using any like this? If you don't remember this, seven hundred and fifty <laughs> code password. It's like okay, you if. If I can put my dog's name in with a number, that's okay. all I need, and an exclamation point. Okay. All right, let's do let's do one more number. What do you think? And then we'll then we'll get out of here. What do you okay. think? Okay. Uh, what do I got on my record over there? Do I get something I should play? Uh, how about the uh, what's the what's the other one I've been hearing recently? Uh, uh, you want to do another Scarlet Butterfly? There you go. That'd be a good one. All right, let's do that one, and we'll get out of here. Can you, can you play for those two people who have no idea who you are? one of those ones that I like the reason I put it on there was like the words there it's uh, I can't believe I wrote this when I was like 24 you know or 23 actually the caterpillar character an ironclad cocoon bundled up in nonsense that the end is coming soon for the prophets have all told him Judgment day will shine. The caterpillar character will die without a life. The caterpillar character will die without a life. I see it, I have learned to live, not die. And I have learned to laugh, not cry. Not fade away like a sudden whim. Another scarlet butterfly feeds unto the winds. Retrospective healer has always come too late for what's already done. Can't and won't be changed. A futuristic healer will never feel your pain. No chance, no stance, no black, no white. No chance, no stance, no black, no white. I said, I have learned to live, not die. And I have learned to laugh, not cry, not fade away like a sudden whim. Another scarlet butterfly fades unto the winds. A vicious scarlet butterfly. Spreading rumors, spreading lies. Never ever leaving home Spreading lies about my world Until you have walked One mile in my shoes You've seen innocent people Torn and abused 
Standing there naked, standing there scared. Come live, come die, come grow, come fly. Come live, come die, come grow, come fly. I said I have learned to live, not die. And I have learned to laugh, not cry. Not fade away like a sudden whim. Another scarlet butterfly fades unto the wind. Another scarlet butterfly fades unto the winds. Nice job. Thank you. Thanks for doing this. Richards would be good. Dude, let's make that happen. We gotta get Rick Richards. He would love to talk. Let's, dude. Can we make? Can you make that happen? Can you I introduce could try. him? Try. Let's try to make it happen. Okay, I'll ask him. I, I've seen the Hellhounds actually probably more than you guys. You gotta get Rick. Uh, let's do it. Okay. All right. Good. And you're willing to travel? Uh, yes. You were gonna try to come to my house. You well, have been I, a shit I don't know where you lived. I just said I live in. I know. No, I. My publicist said he'll come to you. But uh, you know, I have four dogs. Okay, in well, a very some, small house. It would be a lot of distractions. Okay, no, but I just said because like some people are fine and will come wherever, and some people are like, yeah, have them come over. So I was just like, hey, if he's open to it, then I, I, I will I'll come over. We can come over with some salmon or something. Let's do it, man. Seriously, if you can make if you can make uh, if you can make older Richards happen, we'll, we'll do it. That would be great. Oh boy, there you have it. Wasn't that awesome? So glad I got to do that. Thank you again, Kevin, so, so much for making that happen. Uh, I loved it. And uh, I'll probably listen to this one like multiple times myself just because you get the tunes and you get the funness. That's right, I just said funness. Ladies and gentlemen, I am actually going to see Kevin tonight. There is a 40th anniversary for REM tonight that's going to have appearances by. Black Crows and Kevin and David Cross is going to host it and it's going to be amazing and I almost waited until after that show to put this out and say oh well I went to the show last night blah 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 but who fucking cares I want to bring it to you now uh, but I am going to that show tonight so I'll report on it next time if you are there come up and say hello say hey Matt I heard the thing with Kevin nice to see you alrighty love you miss you mean it I've got to run <laughs>